Welcome to Something to Fantasy Book With Chris Thunder. Hey, hey, I'm Alex Williams, and welcome to Something to Fantasy Book With Chris Thunder. What's going on, man? That is a horrible intro. <laughs> Dude, uh, I did the whole Conrad deal. The whole Conrad-Bruce Pritchard deal. I know, and that's... I only say that because I don't like that podcast. <laughs> uh, oh, I'll cut all that out, edit. Oh, no, leave it. It's a good bit. No, I mean, I leave your bit. I'm just going to cut out the bit where I bury it. <laughs> all right. Yeah, what's what's going on, man? Yeah, been really good. Hey, uh, like... <laughs> sorry, sorry, I must stop you for a second. Uh, we have another message from our sponsor, savewithalex.com. Yes, that's right. Uh, are you paying rent? Don't. Buy a house, you idiot. Savewithalex.com. Continue. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. Yeah, sponsors. Cool stuff. Bye now. Uh, sorry, I, I have to stop you there. You having trouble in the bedroom? Bluetooth.com. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Bluetooth, what the fuck? Oh, man. I have it's... no idea what this is, but I'm doing oh, good. <laughs> that's good. Well, have you ever been at a at a railway crossing? Have you seen a train coming? Did you think you should drive in front of it? Don't. You'll get hit by the train. Yeah, uh, what a... Awesome podcast we have lined up for you today. Someone's going to get all of my references I just made. I think I'm already sick of doing this Conrad Thompson bit. But (laughs) the reason I am doing this bit is because we are going to find out what happened when Chris Thunder and I booked a fantasy wrestling show. And we're going to deep dive into it today, because yes, this is a, I guess you could say it's a special bonus episode of Fugs, Fruity's Ultimate Game Show, Fruity's Fantasy Fun Time. Yes, indeed, Fruity's factory of funness with the fantasy wrestlers that do fun stuff and flips, not fists. All the apps. No, <laughs> no, no flips on my, in my WCW. No way. Not with my guys. <laughs> Maybe a few flips on your end. Perhaps. Oh boy. So. <laughs> so I've like tried to prepare a few things, but I just ended up like trying to take notes, and I was like, you know what, bugger it, let's wing it. I took a couple of months worth of notes, but let's um, let's deep dive into our well, not necessarily a deep dive. Let's talk about the draft that we did on episode one of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show. I suppose before even that, we have to go back to episode zero, three days before when everything changed. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this was, um, I think, even in the 
first few episodes of our podcast, we sort of teased that we were going to draft a bunch of Australian wrestlers and do a, I guess, Fruity's Ultimate Game Show, except with Australian indie wrestlers. Um, then people started getting cancelled. I didn't want to risk drafting someone and then them getting cancelled a week later. It's pretty much what happened there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I suppose I'll ask this. Because we had, what, three, four days to change from what we were going to do into a Hall of Fame draft, uh, how set were you for your uh, Fruity's Federation, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> so pretty much I was... I already had had it planned out that I was going to get probably JXT in the first two picks just to keep my gimmick alive. Okay, so first pick for you would have been? Um, I would have tried for Adam Brooks first, but I'm not too sure if he was eligible by our rules. Yeah, I'd have to go back in the archives and sort of listen. To uh, to that, and then I, I think we said with the pandemic, we we're gonna put every wrestler back on the table, and then the uh, speaking out allegations and some of the confirmed speaking out happened, and that all changed. Uh, so you were gonna try for Brooksy and JXT as one two. Yeah, pretty much. Um, for Brooksy, myself, Brooksy okay. was gonna be my um. Brooksy was going to be my number one baby face right out of the gate. JXT would have been a project. Like, I still think he's pretty over as a baby face in Australia, but I would have slowly built him up over time. But what about yourself? So I would have gone number one, probably. No, number one, definitely Madison Eagles. And then I'm just trying to think. Yeah. Number two, I would have had to go for my boy, Buddy Murphy. Yeah, I think um, there's a good chance, like, Jessica Troy or Steph DeLander would have been it, pushing for a top three pick from me as well. Um, yeah, so I suppose, did you have anything else planned there that you want to sort of reveal? Yeah, I was going to pick Nathan Jones with my 20th pick. <laughs> my final pick of the draft, I was going to pick him. He was going to be my big heel monster and I was going to basically build to JXT versus Nathan Jones at the end of the year. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, so for myself, I I suppose you can see there, like the first two that I sort of had uh, earmarked, I was going to go sort of traditional PWA-style intergender wrestling sort of fantasy fed. Yeah, it's, it's I had so much mapped down and so much planned, and then nope. <laughs> I I had mine like sort of planned out in my head to be like a modern version of WCW Australia. It was going to be a studio wrestling show, and yeah, it would be like one big. Sh- like one big event at Festival Hall every month. And it was just going to be, yeah, something like that. Uh, I had sort of had it planned in my head that I was going to have like 
like someone from Channel Nine, like Eddie McGuire or something, be on commentary. Seb Costello. <laughs> Seb Costello would have been good. I um, tossed around the idea of having um, Eddie McGuire and Lance Whitnell on commentary. <laughs> Whitnell? What the hell? Because I love Lance Whitnell and I miss him and I want him to be a superstar. <laughs> and it was all going to build up to Lance Whitnell coming off commentary to fight Nathan Jones as well. But JXT makes the save for Lance Whitnell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Very, very different ideas of fantasy booking there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, mine was going to be, like, booked, like, super old school. There was going to be, like, I was going to possibly try to draft Jake Andrew Arthur in his Russian gimmick and have a Russian chain match. <laughs> nice. Yeah, like, yeah, I would have gone, like, real old school sort of um, storylines and all that sort of stuff. Like, maybe a big gimmick match in a main event would have been a lumberjack match. <laughs> Or something just ridiculous like that. And all the lumberjacks would actually be wearing flannelette. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I suppose for myself, like, I'm assuming yours was going to be based in Victoria or Melbourne. Yeah. So for myself, I was going to sort of base it in Queensland somewhere. Yeah. Sort of tour up and down the coast for some of the bigger shows and yeah, yeah. I was de- I was definitely gonna like take my show on the road at one point, and we'd pop into the Rutherglen Memorial Hall. <laughs> like that, uh, that was a real possibility. That's Possi- a good back. <laughs> possibly like a big show at Rutherglen's Barclay Park. <laughs> uh, Up the catters! Come on, catters! Oh man. Anywho, yeah, so I suppose that's a, a little uh, glimpse into what we had planned. Uh, but from there, three days later, the actual draft happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. We sort of, like, yeah, last minute had to come up with a quick idea and just be like, are you comfortable doing the Aussie wrestlers? You were sort of iffy. I was pretty much like, yeah, I don't think we should. You agreed. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I was like, what do we do? What do we do? And it was just a case of, well, we'll just go to the Hall of Fame, I guess. Still somewhat problematic, but not as much. Yeah, at least we know the problematic ones and so far anyway and we can sort of avoid them the the Aussie wrestling scene like you hear stories I don't want to dive too deep into it but you hear stories and it kind of sounds like well a lot of the wrestlers can be massive scumbags from time to time yeah some possibly not all not all not all like my boy JXT (laughs) Who uh, chopped all his dreads off and now he has dreads again. The miracles of technology. Okay. Like, 
I have no idea. I think he, like, chopped all of his dreads off and, like, saved them and then, like, got them worked on and then had them reattached or something. I don't know. Ew. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe he just got, like, new extensions or something put in. Did did the Booker T gimmick and just had all fake dread extensions. Which, by the way, it broke my heart when I found out Booker T's dreads were were fake. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Are fake, even. Not not were. Ah. Ah, well. Um, yeah, Hall so... Yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, this was, yeah, all you're doing. You took full ownership of this and just went um, full... Uh, full control, setting up how we were going to work it out over the three days and I was at work and you're like, right, here's what we can do. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, this one, this whole, like, I guess you could say that this branch of our podcast quote-unquote brand to make y'all cringe a little bit. Um, yeah, this has all sort of been my baby. It's been my creation. I'm going to kill my creation. <laughs> um, oh, uh, no, this has been my creation. I saw, uh, it's my little baby. I've thrown in a few ideas. Uh, I'm starting to think that we might, like, having a good base with the Hall of Fame was perfect. But we're now starting to run out of, like, good options for free agents. <laughs> You say that, but have you seen the uh, the talent pool we've still got access to? I'm more so mean, like, we got too many top guys. <laughs> we need some J-Brones. Like, I would kill to have, like, a, I don't know, like a, like a D-Lo Brown or, like, even like a Tiger Ali Singh to just beat on TV every week or have like a Glacier to lose every week. Like of I would you'd say Glacier. Of course I would. Like I would yeah. love to have like a Mortis and a Glacier and a Wrath. Yeah, but Glacier's good friends with one of your favourites. Exactly. The In wrestling there can only nightmare. be oh, yeah, I was... Go easy on him. <laughs> At least he doesn't look like he's in my chemical romance or something anymore. Got spotted, Jay White. <laughs> oh yeah, my my chemical switchblade, or or as W. H. Park would say, lame blade. <laughs> Man, he hates him. Um. Anyway, off topic again. Um. This is probably going to be one of those episodes where we veer off topic a fair bit too. Um, so enjoy that. <laughs> That's right. It's a it's a four-wheel drive edition. Yeah, yeah. We're going all terrain. We're going all over the place, buddy. Um, yes. Yeah, so... Go on. Oh, you go. You go on, sorry. So, yeah, like we start with this Hall of Fame, but I'm throwing up the idea of um, bringing in free agents from the era of time that we are booking, but the free agents have to be someone that never had, like, a significant push or title run. 
Ooh. Like, a, okay. A supplementary uh, jobber draft. What do you consider significant push? Because someone like Al Snow from the time was over and held the IC title. Someone like Blue Meanie was over in the job squad. So this is yeah, but like J- James Ellsworth was over. Oh, bad he choice. Wa- well, yeah, he's a massive POS, but like he's a j- jabroni. He was over. He's a jobber that got over accidentally. Like, um, like who else? Like Gilberg. Like we we How watched. Dare you insult Gilberg? Yeah, the or well, is he the coach of the something rather like under fourteens like football team in Pasadena? Oh, Deadly Games, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Pasadena Wildcats or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> yeah, like he got over, like. I would say just pretty much anyone that stayed out of the IC WWE title range or, like, US World Heavyweight title range. Or ECW. No? I guess you could find a few J-Brones from ECW, but, like... Yes, New Jack. Oh, man, that that's a... Yeah, all right. I can see how this could be a confusing idea. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, technically, you could just be like, oh, well, actually, he's already in the Hall of Fame, but technically, Jake Roberts never held any title or had any significant challenges for those titles. So, technically, he would fall into that category if he wasn't in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, well, this is me just brainstorming live on the air. Oh, boy. <laughs> so uh, we just totally took a massive turd on that one, but yep. No, it, it sounds good. We just need to sit down and work out exactly because it's a very, very grey area, especially the the late 90s time period with both companies. Like you could yeah. say a guy like Ray Mysterio was... Um, a jobber in WCW, but you look at him in the Fed, and he's one of the biggest uh, Mexican names from the Fed in their history. Dude, he beat Scott Hall and Kevin Nash in WCW. Not a jobber. Yeah, but then he gets thrown into a truck. Hey, this is after he got thrown in the truck. Like, three years after he got thrown into the truck. After he got thrown into the truck, there was absolutely no follow-up on that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's sort of the, the grey area that we're going to come into. You look at someone like uh, Taz in ECW and Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer, and then you look at them with mixed results in the Fed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so should we talk about the draft then? Yeah, indeed. Uh, you can lead the way if you want, my man. Yeah, so pretty much like I'm not going to run over. Uh, run over. <laughs> Jeez, who am I? Shopsy uh, Blackheart. <laughs> Jay Uso's dad. Um, 
I, I did it for the hog. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to run down every pick and all that, but like, so we kicked off the draft and I grabbed the four horsemen. You grabbed, you grabbed Degeneration X. Um, you, you get, get who you wanted there. With DX. Yeah. I had what I wanted there. Yeah, well, I guess. To be fair, though, your fandom of DX pretty much revolves around the time period that Shawn Michaels wasn't in the group. So you still got what you want. I suppose we can get there in a moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first singles pick on was on your end, and it was Bret Hart. Um, I'm sure you have no regrets about that one. Um, no, I'm pretty happy I got Bret. Yeah, and then I grabbed Stone Cold. You grabbed Kurt Angle, which, um, yeah, I was hoping to steal later on like an idiot. Of course, Kurt would go earlier. Um, you know, I love me some Kurt Angle, especially <coughs> Kurt Angle. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so your first two picks, Bret Hart, Kurt Angle, that tells you the sort of product already what, that you're going to put on. My first two picks, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan. Uh, you can tell. Who's going to be the gimmick show? Who's going to be the technical show? <laughs> oh, yeah. <coughs> Sorry. Um, also, Mark Henry being your third overall singles pick. How do you feel about that pick now? I, I've sort of worked myself into a corner but I know where I want to go. Yeah. Um, like, looking at some of the names still on the board when Mark Henry was taken, and no disrespect for any anything you've done, but, like, um, I feel like Mark Henry might have been taken a bit early. Like, you still got Savage and Andre and Foley on the board. Uh, yeah, you got... Um, Piper, perfect. Uh, Jake Roberts, a lot bigger, more like, I guess you could say more legendary names, like in terms of like being a bigger name in a more popular era. Um, so you're still pretty happy with that Mark Henry pick? Yeah, like I said, I'm slowly working to where I want to go with it. Yeah. Yeah, um, you completely screwed me over by grabbing Hawk and Animal with your first tag team pick. Yeah, Com man. Completely screwed me over with that one. Uh, my first tag team pick was the Dudley Boys. Um, I do wonder if questions will come up about them because some might say that they haven't been booked the best. Um, 
uh, yeah, then you grab the Bushwhackers, which I, I think is a good pick. Like, some people might look at it and be like, oh, wouldn't you grab, like, a bigger name tag team or something like that? Like, your next pick is the Heart Foundation, my next pick is the Rock and Roll Express, whatever. Like, two really legendary tag teams. But, like, you grab the Bushwhackers, and I think that's actually kind of a good strategic pick because they are a tag team that can sort of eat pinfalls for you, and... You kind of need to draft a few people that can eat some pinfalls, to be honest. Yeah. I'm I'm sort of getting there with them. There is a team I want to bring in for a big year-long feud with them, if I can get them. Well, uh, there is a special super secret twist coming later on that I've already disclosed with you and you can figure out a way for me to approve of said decision. I can figure out a way to make it happen. Um, Yeah. I I really liked your picks of um, uh, the funks was a really good pick. Um, yeah, truth be told, I was going to grab Terry Funk as a singles in the very like the very next pick I had of the singles in the singles portion. So where I drafted Mr. Perfect, I was going to grab Terry Funk instead. So there's a little tidbit. Um, yeah, which... Like, what if? Like, that's your WrestleMania main eventer right there. So, like, yeah. Um, Because, honestly, I I don't know if you're having any difficulties with him, but I couldn't figure out a way to draft Dory Funk to book him anyway. Um, A couple, but... Like, you did some good stuff with him at WrestleMania. Yeah. Had the, the Texas strap match. Yeah. Um, so, one of my biggest errors in the draft was you said something about um, uh, you, you mentioned the Freebirds at one point and I started like things started racking across my mind and I sort of diverted from my original game plan. So you draft the Heart Foundation, I draft Hayes and Gordy. You bring up the fact that uh so could you draft the other two free birds with one pick? Blah blah blah. And I or you said like could I draft the other two free birds? And I was like, yeah you could and then I completely undersold you and was like but they're like the two worst freebirds. Why would you want them? <laughs> and then, and then I was like, "Oh, that's what I need to do." So my next draft pick isn't what I was originally planning to do. Was Kevin and Kerry Von Erich? Where I drafted them, I was gonna get Harlem Heat, but I completely 
like forgot about my game plan and got distracted by Freebirds Von Eriks, Freebirds Von Eriks. That'll be awesome. We'll talk about them later and what happened with that. But um, yeah, uh, you got Booker T and Stevie Ray with your second last tag team draft pick. And now Booker T is your world champion, which bravo to you on that one. Um, yeah, there's like this really weird alternate world where your WrestleMania main eventers could have easily have ended up in my roster because they were on my radar. Oh, boy. Well, I already had a backup plan there anyway. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get there when we get there. Um, it's enough about the tag teams, I guess. Um, you got such an international flavor to your roster; it's just insane. Something I really should have thought about. Um, the first women's draft pick. Uh, I. I went first on that one by the looks of things. Oh, no, you did. You did. You got Wendy Richter, and I got Trish Stratus as our first women's draft picks. Um, any regrets in the women's portion of it all, at, at this point anyway, before we get to the supplementals? Um, no, I'm really happy with the, the picks I made. And, yeah, <laughs> upon hindsight, I sort of screwed you around there by taking two for one pick yeah um i should have fought it i should have fought it just saying i should have fought that one but i was like you know what whatever he can have them Uh, but yeah truth be told there's a point there where i draft sensational sherry that was meant to be nikki bella Oh, well, Bree's better the... anyway. Exactly. Like, look at how strong your book and Bree. I could have had Nikki. They could have been running two different companies at the same time. I would have given Nikki the big push. I would have booked her to be Stone Cold's girlfriend. Because uh, <laughs> she has to be the girlfriend of the top, of one of my top baby faces in the company. <laughs> Ooh. And then they can do, they can redo the whole Cena proposal, but this time it actually follows through with a wrestling wedding. <laughs> They're always fun. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to talk about some wrestling weddings in the near future. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. What about your broadcast team? You seem to um, get thrown for a bit of a loop here, I think. I was happy with my first choice, and then I saw where you were going, and I'm like, oh, you bastard. And then I made my second choice, and you're like, oh, I'm going to take him as well. And I'm like, oh, god damn it. Why didn't I realize that? <laughs> yeah, so... Um... Yeah, your first commentator pick were, or non-wrestling pick was Lord Alfred Hayes. Mine was Gorilla Monsoon. Then you picked Captain Lou Albano. Great manager, great personality in wrestling in general. 
Uh, I grabbed Bobby Heenan. Then you grabbed Iron Mike Tyson, and then I grabbed Jesse Ventura. Then you grabbed Jim Barnett, and then I grabbed Main Chain Oakland. That is the one section of this draft where I, I will like quite boldly say I smashed you on that portion. I think everything else was pretty 50-50. But I think, I think I smashed you there. What do you mean? Jim Barnett's been getting a big hometown pop every show. <laughs> yeah, because he just keeps bringing out belts. <laughs> uh, he's got to get paid, brother. Yeah. yeah. You guys sound a bit quiet. Would you like to see something shiny? <laughs> hey, at least my crowd reacts better to the raw crowd. Presenting the new WWE Universal Championship. What Boo. the hell? It's red. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, like, like me as well. Like, I was so, like, angry about that title. But now it's just like, eh, it's not, not that bad. The red one. Better than the $5,000 fame belt. <laughs> oh. You know what? Like, I'm I'm fine with the Fiend belt as long as it's only the Fiend that holds it, you know? Like, like the Fiend technically lost that title to Goldberg. So imagine, like, Goldberg just walking around with that Fiend face belt. <laughs> like, that'd be... That'd be so funny. Um, so, yeah. Um, let's talk about... Uh, as they say in NFL drafts and that, the Mr. Irrelevance of the draft in the singles division, they are the last picks of the draft. Um, Ricky Steamboat was your last pick. Ultimate Warrior was my last pick. Um, I'd say you got a really good pick there. I would say Ultimate Warrior was not in my plans. At all in that draft. Oh boy, yeah, because I got Sheik, and I was like, okay, ne- last pick's gonna be Eddie because Alex hasn't gone to Eddie yet. <laughs> yeah. And then you picked Eddie, and I'm like, oh, you bastard! I want him for my cruiserweight division. Yeah, I needed one like one guy that can do a high spot or two. <laughs> I don't have many. No, not really. No, like, like we look at like the second and third rounds of the singles draft. I got Mister Perfect, not really ice, but guy Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Rick Rude. Like, even though he's a bit lighter, not a high spot guy. Um, then I got Sting, not a chance in hell. Uh, I got Edge, so there's a high spot guy. I got Eddie. I got the Ultimate Warrior. That's a high spot guy, right? <laughs> yeah, when his spiritual <laughs> advisor gifts him with his strength. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. Um, I I was I was gonna grab either Goldberg or Batista there. <laughs> Obviously not another high spot guy. 
but I wanted Edge, Eddie, and Steamboat with my last three singles pick. You grabbed Steamboat with your last pick. So it was like, all right, I can't grab the high flyer I wanted, so I've got to grab a big muscle guy. Yeah, indeed. Um, Warrior's still a good choice, and you've definitely made the most out of him. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's been one of my, like, low-key, most well-booked guys. Like, he's had, well, we'll get there, but he's had a pretty consistent story since the very beginning of of my shows. Um, I have a couple of notes here. This is from the portion when I was taking notes. Um yeah, I uh, already talked about a couple of these things. Oh, yeah, I wrote some lengthy stuff here. I commend you for picking so many people that are talented in-ring technicians. But dare I say a lot of these guys don't have a lot of, like, over-the-top character traits. Like, say, Liger, Anoki, Briscoes, Funks, Mill Mascaris. Yeah, like, Mill and Liger, like, look like a gimmick but there's not really too much of a gimmick behind their look um do you find that having these guys on the roster is actually a slight detriment because it's a bit hard to book like super creative like over the top angles or stuff like that with them because they're just pretty much bell to bell guys um not overly no yeah, well, you're a bell-to-bell guy yourself, I guess. Like, I guess I asked that question from my standpoint where, you know, everything's about the build for me. It's not necessarily the match. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, is there any regrets from the draft overall, like people you shouldn't have picked early or people you missed out on, people you regret p- picking because they are a bit tough to book in a creative manner? Uh, basically, basically, I sort of figured out at one point with our booking that like maybe booking lengthy bell-to-bell matches is a bit tough. More so for me, I find it's easier to for the audio podcast format to just book crazy, like over the top, like angles instead to really capture the listeners. Um, I'm not saying your matches don't, not at all. So don't take offense to that. But do you find that like there are regrets because there are certain people that are tough to book for this format sort of thing? Um. A couple, but no more than usual, I guess. Yeah. I, I definitely find that... Um, and it just all sort of comes down to fandom as well. Like, like we'll talk about him shortly, I promise. Um, I had issues booking the Freebirds. I had issues booking the Von Erics, And I think it's because I sort of missed their most significant runs. Like, I've gone back and watched some. But, like, I'm not really that nostalgic for it. So I found them a bit tough to book. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that's true too. Like a lot of the guys on my roster are from an era where I wasn't watching. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I kind of lucked out because I've got a lot of guys that are from an era that I've I um I was a massive fan of. Or I was like or they're from eras where it sort of formed my fandom of wrestling. Like 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 I've said before, I watched a lot of like VHS tapes from late eighties, early nineties, WWF and obviously a huge Band during the Monday Night Wars, so got a lot of guys from those sort of eras. So I got lucky there. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to touch on from the draft? Like, yeah, is there some people that you sort of that you missed in the draft that you sort of kick yourself a little bit? Oh, a few of the free agents we got afterwards, but other than that um it's i mean brody obviously he's still there for you man he's still there um i'm just having a quick look over it now like el santo would be a good luchador in my junior division yeah um Jim Duggan would be a good lower card guy on my roster, same as Hillbilly Jim. Yeah, I, I've honestly contemplated, like, uh, in our latest episode, I got a hand-picked draft pick, and there was a hand-picked free agent pick, sorry. Um, and I was... I grabbed the guy, the a top-ish guy that I wanted to get for quite some time, but... I contemplated grabbing a guy of the level of a Jim Duggan or like a hillbilly Jim or like a Godfather, a guy that's got like a over-the-top character, but he can also eat some pins and still be like, and you can still also like job him out for a couple of months and then give him another shove again and he's pretty much Teflon in that manner. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what I've noticed is the uh, biggest detriment of my roster is I don't have enough lower tier guys. I've stacked it too much with uh, upper tier people. Yeah, yeah, you and me both, buddy. Um, yeah, yeah, especially uh, when, when the humans get the chance to find out who my mystery free agents were from the last episode, they'll fully understand how stacked i am at the moment and it's not necessarily a good thing yeah you never know could work out for the best yeah it could oh definitely like at this point now i've got two or three uh pay-per-views booked uh there are some there are some like little angles here and there that are ready to be sort of tampered with if twists happen or if something messes with it and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, so I've got everyone sorted, but I still kind of regret not grabbing like a Coco Beware or something. Yeah, once once we got down to it, I was like, 
oh, I did need these people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I genuinely regret drafting the Wild Samoans. Like, I have a lot of respect for them, and hey, they were on pay-per-view this past past week or so, so that was cool. Um, but, yeah, I kind of regret it just because I don't have enough knowledge. Like, I don't, I don't even know what their finish is. So <laughs> I should probably search them up on the network and have a look, but there isn't even that much of, like, their errors, like WWWF on the network there isn't even that much of that on there like the 70s so unless you have someone like a um a bruno or a um i suppose like a um wendy or a moolah you're not really going to get that much out of that era no no like there's a couple like i've got my eye on from that era like a superstar billy graham but Because I, I think he would be, like, if you could transplant, like, late 60s, early 70s superstar Billy Graham into the Attitude Era or even into the, like, Hulkamania Era, man, that dude would have, like, he was a huge star in his time, but he would be even bigger. Like, yeah, the... There's a couple of guys from that era I got my eye on, but wouldn't necessarily fit the tone of my current product. Oh boy. Um oh boy. I am uh, scared. Yeah, yeah. There there's some there's some um dark horses in my creative juices are flowing about some dark horses to grab if I ever get the chance. Um, should we just move on to talk about month one? Like, man, is it tough to just book straight out of the gate. Like, it's really tough to just do the big bang sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to, hard to get there from... Um nowhere yeah because we got like what was it like i think in the end it was like 26 or like 30 something draft picks each and we got all these like 30 odd like shiny new toys each but some of these shiny new toys have to get broken like, at least half of your shiny new toys have to get broken in the first play session. That's pretty much how it goes. Like, oh, yeah, you might have been... Like, I was super excited that I got Rick Rude and I got Mr. Perfect, but it's like, well, geez, I'm going to have to beat someone. It's going to have to be them in my first pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah, it then it's thing. like... Then it's like you got to have to rehab them from that point forward as well. Yeah, but I think I think you had the easier t- uh, job of doing that. You didn't have to put everyone on the first night. Yeah, <laughs> like so, someone who stupidly did a rumble. Yeah, so uh, that's what I was gonna ask at some point. Like I had this written down. Like, 
do you think that perhaps doing the Royal Rumble on the first show when your roster was at its smallest was a case of booking yourself into a corner? Yes and no. It's January, so you have to do the Rumble. Yeah. And I had it. You don't have to, but yeah, yeah. Traditionally. Go on. I was going to say, you don't have have to, because like, like a lot of the pay-per-views I've used haven't been on their traditional months, but yeah, I see where you're coming from as well. You mean summer into winter into spring into fall? <laughs> yeah, like I've had a, I've had a summer pay-per-view immediately, like, well, two months later, there's a spring stampede coming up on their next episode. It's gone from Bash at the Beach to Spring Stampede. Oh, man. That is confusing. <laughs> yeah. And, I, like, full disclosure, Fall Brawl was lined up to be the pay-per-view following Spring Stampede. <laughs> but I've changed the pay-per-view name. Oh, you have? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I'm actually going to be using a pay-per-view name that they've, WCW never used. Whoa, that's exciting. NXT did, though. Oh, Fatal 4-Way, finally. <laughs> no, it's um, TakeOver R Rival. What was the one with the... Uh, it was R Evolution, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. NXT R Evolution. And they, they they never said revolution. They'd always call it R Evolution. It was so gross. Anywho. Um, so do you have any questions to ask me, like about month one and stuff like that? Was it always your plan to do the, the world tournament on the uh, first night as well? Yes. Um, the world tournament had to happen. I was, origi- I was originally going to make it like a 16-man tournament in one night, but then I realised that'd be way too many matches. Oh, wow. Uh, I was like... I need a world champion straight out of the gate. I need to build around it. What wasn't in the plan was um, I did a fatal four-way for the tag titles in the first pay-per-view, and Arnon Tully won that one. And that wasn't the original plan. I was going to crown the first tag champs in the main event of the next pay-per-view then the US champ at the pay-per-view after that then the women's champ in the main event of the pay-per-view after that but I was like nah I just need to get to this horseman thing let's just do it that's a yeah that's a bit interesting because jeez you did those two and on the first show announced that you were crowning the US champ the next month. Yeah, yeah. So um yeah, I sort of rewrote stuff. That segment where they announced the US champ was gonna be crowned the next month, 
it was going to be just the tag champs are going to get announced the next month. And the fatal four-way where Arn and Tully won was going to set up, like, that was still going to happen. It was meant to be like a tag team division showcase match. It was going to set up Arn and Tully versus the winner of a match between the Freebirds and the Von Eriks for the titles. And that was going to be the main event. And we're going to have the Freebirds and the Von Eriks, like one of the two. Obviously, the babyface team would have gone over. The Von Eriks would have won and done double duty. Like, they would have beat Freebirds in the first match on the show and then beat... uh, Not beat. Definitely wouldn't have had them beat Arn Tully, but then wrestle Arn Tully in the main event. Um... I had a whole game plan for this first year and it was going to be like, this first year is going to be the 80s. The next year is going to be the 90s. That's what I was going to do. I was going to like, yeah, focus more on my 80s characters in the first year and in underneath it all, I would be slowly building up like my Attitude Era sort of Monday Night Wars sort of guys. And then by the very last show of this first year, the 80s guys were pretty much going to do the J-O-B to the 90s guys, and then the 90s guys would be the big guys moving on into the next year. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so basically my year was going to end with... um, It would have... I still hadn't completely figured it out, but it was probably going to be either Ric Flair versus Austin at Starcade or Hogan versus Austin at Starcade for the title. Austin wins the title, ushering in the WCW Attitude Era. Oh, man. Yeah. But things change. Um things sort of forced me to sort of rush a few things along because I need to make the most out of the quote-unquote surprise pop, but we'll talk about that later. Um, So, one for the record books, ladies and gentlemen, like um, the first ever winner of... The person that won the first ever match on my show, my fantasy... Thingy, whatever, uh, was Ric Flair. And the first ever winner of a match on your show, the Iron Sheik. Yeah, Sheiky Baby. Yeah, beating Triple H of all things. Yeah. Yes. That was like, bang, straight, straight out of the gate. I don't think I'm going to be able to predict his matches. <laughs> I guess um, I'm just conditioned to Triple H never losing, so. Yeah, don't worry. We're going to get through Hunter Hurst Helmsley blue upper blood from Connecticut first. Maybe you can take his career backwards and he can go to Terror Rising for a little oh. bit. <laughs> what about Try? <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, yeah, so 
The Iron Sheik was an interesting one. Um, he's one of your guys that's sort of gone like somewhat missing in recent months. Like he had his, he was part of the European title match, wasn't he? Uh, yes. But like, yeah, he's sort of like, is he a victim of trying to fit uh, guys onto the card, basically? Well, that and you gave me two two tournaments two at that time, yeah. Yeah, an unexpected tournament and then an unexpected gimmick match that I had to try to book in around two tournaments I already had going on. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned this to you off air, but the the audience need to vi- visualize this one. China power bombing a six foot six, three hundred and thirty pound godfather from the ring to the, on top of a bunch of ladies on the outside of the ring. No question, just wanted to remind you you did that and try to make you picture that visual. <laughs> Not only China being able to lift Godfather up for the power bomb, but just all these like you know, petite ladies on the outside having to catch him. <laughs> so funny. And that's fine. Like, you're allowed to do that. I just think it's hilarious. Um, I also... I went back and listened to that episode and I really enjoyed you redoing that spot from, like, a few rumbles ago where Godfather comes out and just, like, immediately gets eliminated. Yeah, there was that. There's the uh, little throwback to uh, Mil Mascaris. <laughs> yeah. Is it 97 Alamo Dome? 96? 97 Alamo Dome. Very good, yeah. my man. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. That's the sort of thing that I would be nerding out on. Um, A little yeah. temporary alliance there of the, uh, the Kiwis with that surprise entrance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it Pat O'Connor? Yep, Pat O'Connor. So a few little hidden gems here and there. Temporary alliances, people from the Rumble that ended up spinning off in other matches. Yeah, yeah. so what, what I want to ask is how many times did you change the finish of that Rumble match? At least in your head. Oh, probably close to 15. <laughs> because, like, that's the thing. It's not me like, already a year in and going, okay, I've already got so much done. This is where I want to go. Like, this is bang, first thing, where do I want to go? And it's, all right, I'm at this point in the road and I have all these different options to go. <laughs> where, Which one do I want to pick? Yeah. Yeah, like, dude, like, like it's show one. Like, it could have been anyone. Like, that's why I went, like, very predictable, especially my first couple of shows. It was just like, I'm going to use the guys that people recognize as massive names and then sort of build people up underneath it all. Because, like, yeah, it's just, like, really tough, like, booking night one. 
like trying to set things up and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's really tough to just book like, all right, here's a full company of stuff. Like I could imagine like how many times they had to, they rewrote or like second guessed things for the first episode of dynamite or stuff like that. Like, yeah, it would have been chaos. Yeah. So I suppose in asking me that, um, how many times did you change your uh, plans there with your world title tournament? Because I know you said the first match was always going to be the same. Yeah, I like I'm pretty sure I said in the draft, I was guaranteeing I was going to kick off WCW with Flair versus Sting. Just the last ever match on Nitro was Flair versus Sting. Like, they are WCW. That's what I wanted to send off the vibe for. Um, but as, in terms of who was going to come out on top of my pay-per-view, it was always going to be Flair, honestly. <laughs> honestly, yeah. I sort of wanted to do a slower build of the Horseman at first, but I was like, nah, nah, it just has to happen. It's too, uh, it's too obvious. Like, it's one of those things that's so obvious that you can't really slow build. You just get it over and done with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll, I can talk more about that when we get uh, down a little bit further on the uh, calendar. Yeah, um, any more stuff from month one? Um, no, not really. All right, uh, month two. Ooh, uh, just quickly, yep. so is my note. Yeah, so like month one, uh, like I'd set up me world champion. I had me tag title started. I had my women's match in place for the following month, and then you're like, "Hey, we're gonna do these twists." Oh yeah. So, Alex drew out a random injury to the Wild Samoans for one month. Which I was relatively happy about because I was kind of dreading having to book him anyway. <laughs> and then I drew out a one-month injury to the Bella Twins. <laughs> which was the first time that everything I had planned got derailed. Yeah, yeah, and I'm under the impression that what happened in your women's division on month six was going to happen in month two? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can say that now. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, so Bree was going to be your first champ? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I won't talk about her sister because you still haven't debuted her yet, but... We already discussed earlier in this podcast that you did get both Bellas. Um, I think a, I think a, a few people could sort of think about the possibilities there, and I think they're right for the taking. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say what you will do with those two would be predictable. Like it, it is kind of predictable, but it wouldn't be like a bad thing that you do it either. Like, you have to, basically. <laughs> yeah, almost have to, in a way. 
Yeah. Uh, but month two, what did WCW have on offer there? Yeah. Um, yeah, we did Great American Bash. Um, so, yeah, we're not going to talk about the TVs or anything. We'll, if there's something that we feel like bringing up from the TVs, we'll bring it up. But, like, I had my US title tournament and basically resulted in Mankind being my first US champion. Um, yeah, I would say... I got one over on the bookies that night because I'm pretty sure Barry Windham was odds on favourite. Yeah, absolutely. That's what <laughs> I thought you were doing, putting all the gold with the horsemen there. Yeah. Um, some could say that was a swerve for the sake of a swerve. <laughs> um, some could also say that I came up with the last minute idea of, oh, I need Mankind to get really cuckoo. How do I get him to be cuckoo? He needs to lose something. So for him to go nuts from losing something, he needs to have something, right? So let's give him a title and then take it away from him. Then he goes na-nas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> uh, what were you saying? It plays off the... Uh... The uh, Lost in Cleveland? A little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit of um, the skits in WCW where he pretty much gets beaten half to death by Vader and then he goes very cuckoo. There's a little hint of, like, him in 97 with JR and all that sort of stuff as well. But, um, yeah, that, that stuff happens. Um, I wanted to main event the show with the US title match. And also, I didn't feel like Barry Windham was a big enough of a, a hook to main event a show, to be honest. A pay-per-view. Like... Ooh, shots fired. Like, I, I'm actually a huge Barry Windham fan. I know my booking sort of says otherwise at times. But, um... Yeah, I I had a pay. This is a pay per view that had Hogan versus Flair on it, uh, in the undercard. Like not the undercard, but the mid card. You know, this had like Sting and Warrior on it. I would feel weird like having Barry Windham main event over Hogan and Flair. <laughs> so it was like if I'm gonna have something main event over Hogan and Flair, I need something else. So that's where I came up with how about another match to, a match that we've actually never seen before. Macho Man versus Mankind. Yeah, you you seem to be doing a lot of uh, matches we've never seen before. Yeah, like on this pay-per-view alone, like yeah, like, the whole US title tournament sort of builds up with, like, matches we had seen, but it ultimately culminates in, hey, we've never seen these two baby faces in the tournament face off. And let's just have a baby face versus baby face, everyone leaves happy sort of main event. Let's do it, because I know that I'm planning a lot of heel shenanigans in the months to come. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, like, especially at this point, like, 
in the next few months, like there's a lot of heels standing tall. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or as you like <laughs> to say every episode, boo. Um, Someone's yeah. got it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, on this show, like we had Hogan versus Flair, but there's a whole bunch of shenanigans which sort of leads to a rematch. Arn and Tully versus the Rock and Roll Express, more shenanigans. But like Arn and Tully get the win. Oh, this is the episode where this is the episode where we had Eddie Guerrero versus Kevin Nash. Um I set that up on the first episode of WCW where they basically started feuding because Eddie Guerrero accidentally bumped into Kevin Nash backstage and Kevin Nash called him a vanilla midget. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Um, Just taking a little bit of the real-life backstage stuff and putting it on screen. But this sort of set up um, Kevin Nash and the then Razor Ramon sort of uniting and becoming the Outsiders, which, you know, sort of a slow build with those guys for the time being, but they eventually get their big spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Coming coming forward. Yeah, exactly. Um, But what about, yeah, month two, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, I believe. Do you love the name? Oh, yeah. Um, Like, I remember being really angry that mum wouldn't let me get that (laughs) pay-per-view. Like, I was genuinely angry. Like, I really wanted to see Austin versus McMahon in a cage match. I think there was like, oh, yeah, it was Rock versus Mankind for the WWF title in a last man standing match as well. Like, come on. Yeah, you gotta let me get say, this. I was going to say, isn't it around the time of halftime heat? Yeah, yeah. This is like a. This is, yeah, a couple of weeks after. But, um, uh, yeah, and we get the debut of big, nasty Paul White. Like, I was so angry the next day. Uh, Raw, Raw is War comes on and I missed the debut of The Giant. Come on. Not The Giant. Andre's son. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. Um, where are we? February. Jeez. I did a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, just some highlights, man. So, I did the, uh, the Deadly Games tournament for the uh, vacant women's championship where China defeated Jacqueline, then Jacqueline defeated Wendy. Wendy defeated China, so it went to a three-way sudden death overtime where Wendy won to become the first women's champion there in the main event. Uh, Earlier in the night, I had... um, Oh, had the Funks defeat... Uh, Harlem Heat, so Terry Funk could choose. Uh, so Terry Funk could fight Booker T at WrestleMania, and um, as well as the uh, tag team tournament where China actually had four matches. So her and X Pac took on Immortal in a losing effort, 
and the New Age Outlaws had danced over the Road Warriors. Yeah. Um, so this was a, at a point in time, I forgot to mention on the previous month, like you had China in the running for three different titles. Do you think um, the first couple of months, maybe she might have been overexposed? In hindsight, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, no disrespect, but I feel like, um, yeah, she should have just been in one of those divisions. I, th- yeah. I think you could could have done something really interesting by building towards China fighting the men. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, but but I still think she's uh, having a pretty good run nonetheless. Um, also, the story is there that she was in the running for three titles and is no longer in the running for any. It's like it's a story to be told and it's a good story that you've touched on as well. Yeah, slight redemption story there at the moment, but we're getting there. Yeah, um... Were you? Are you? I suppose I, I suppose I should ask. Are you still annoyed that I booked Philadelphia before you? A little bit, a little bit. Um, yeah, I thought I was going to get the big extreme pop. I was originally just going to book it in the ECW arena, but then I thought, oh no, nah, I shouldn't because I, I can't. Like, imagine if WCW showed up in the ECW arena back in the day. They would have got booed out of the building. Oh, oh in the 90s? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, like, WWF was kind of the enemy, but WCW was definitely the enemy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, at least they seem to have this friendly sort of working relationship with the Fed, whereas WCW is like, oh, you've got this guy. We'll take that guy. Thank you. Yeah, we want him now. Pluck. Oh, that's a nice champion you have. It would be a shame if we jobbed him out to Kevin Nash. (laughs) And then made him... Oh, my God. Then made him a fat chick thriller... Isn't he awesome? He is. He's gonna he's gonna kiss some large ladies, and then we're gonna make him come out in a partridge family bus dressed up as a disco boy. <laughs> oh man! Oh, that's right. We watched that segment on Nitro that was completely unwatchable, and he's your guy, and you're like, "What the hell?" Yeah, man. Imagine, ah. Uh... Imagine if WWF picked him up instead of WCW. Well, who'd they get it? What didn't they get Taz at the same time? Because Awesome still had the belt. Yeah, imagine if Taz went to WCW and Awesome went to WWF. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very alternative timeline. Yeah, cruiserweight champion Taz. <laughs> Come on, dude. Joe was. Dude, Taz is like five foot eight. He's built like he's built like a brick, you know what house, but like he's a very short human. 
Like they would have made him a cruiserweight. And and yeah, there's not a chance in hell Kevin Nash would have been like Kevin Nash probably the booker at the time would have been like, nah, another vanilla midget, chuck him in with Billy Kidman. Goofy animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like Mike Awesome would have gone to um WWF and God, what would he have done? Had a had a feud with Val Venus and then had a feud like Taz's feud with Jerry Lawler. Yeah, he would have been placed into that instead. Whoa. I still Jeez. specifically remember because it was like SummerSlam 2000 where Taz versus Jerry Lawler and the way I was able to watch that particular pay-per-view is that you had taped it on VHS and I borrowed it off you. Perhaps. I can neither confirm or deny these allegations on air. I guess so. Come on, dude. We tape traded. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Everyone yeah, did back in the day. It was expensive as hell. Yeah, exactly. Man, imagine if you went back time and it was just like, yeah, you know that pay-per-view you beg your mum to spend like 50, 70 bucks on? Yeah, one day it's just going to be available for like 10 bucks and you can watch every pay-per-view you've ever wanted to watch. Yeah, that's the stupidest thing WWE ever did with their network was, like, it's great as a customer, but it's like, oh, now have money to spend on all your competition too. Yeah. New Japan, have some money. Here, Impact Wrestling, have some money. (laughs) Yeah. Have some money. Yeah, exactly. And uh, oh no, you don't deserve any money. No, thank you. Not a chance. Not at the moment. I'm still contemplating if I should keep my Impact Plus or not. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> I, so, yeah. I gave it a good run. Anyway, month number three. Yeah, month number three for WCW. Uh-huh. Was um, Slamboree, the ladder of success, main evented by the women, with uh, Lita going over in that one to be our first women's champion. Uh, This is is the month where I'm pretty sure we do the, yeah, the month-long build with JJ, Dylan, and Barry Windham and... Redoing the Shane and Vince training montages, except it's uh, alternate reality where Vince McMahon's an overweight elderly gentleman who can't actually do the training and throws up every time. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, we did that thing. Um, yeah, and then we had the Fatal 4-Way for the US title, Mankind, Eddie, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. With Mankind getting the win, but afterwards, between the two pay-per-views, Mankind's like, oh, I'm going to 
sign on the dotted line and make sure that I defend my US title every week on Nitro in an open challenge. But the previous week he got laid out and didn't do an open challenge. So JJ Dillon says, you owe us an open challenge, so you're going to have to defend your title again. Out comes Barry Windham. There you go. There's your Barry Windham title change. (laughs) Hooray. Hooray. Heel shenanigans. Yeah. um, And my show pretty much ended with a uh, Steve Austin and Gail Kim beer beer bash. Yes, it was beer money. Yes. Yes. Um, What was their... What was their finisher? Oh, like driving while investing, wasn't it? That was... Oh, drinking while investing, the DWI. That was their finisher, I swear to God. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, drinking while investing was their finisher. (laughs) Their tag team finisher. Such a... Such a stupid name. So lazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we had some Austin shenanigans. We had uh, Rock and Roll Express and Hulk Hogan versus Flair on and Tully six man. Oh, yeah. We had the Blade Runners the month before they debuted as a tag team, Sting and the Ultimate Warrior. That would go places. Um, yeah. That was at the Norfolk Scope in Virginia, apparently. Ooh, the Scope. Yeah. Uh, what about... Oh, any questions there? Like, um, yeah, we crowned our first women's champ. I'm sure you got a question about that. So was Lita always your first choice out of the, the women you had there? Nope. Nope, it was gonna be Gal Kim. It was oh gonna boy. be Gal Kim. Um, I was, and it was. It wasn't gonna be a triple threat either. It was gonna be Gal Kim versus Trish Stratus. I was originally gonna have Lita just strictly as Edge's manager. For a little bit. Oh, wow. For a little bit, yeah. But then I came up with an idea somewhere between the... I think it was somewhere between the first and second show I came up with an idea for Edge and Leader. And then by the third show, which I... Yeah. Like, a lot of my shows are have been planned out for a while, but they are easy to sort of manoeuvre and change anyway. Um, yeah, it was just going to be Trish versus Gail because we had that thing for a couple of months of um, the women's tag team matches with Trish and Gail versus Sherry and Beth on the first pay-per-view. In the second pay-per-view, they did it in a cage and Trish and Gail finally get the win over the heels there that I was just going to do one final rematch between the two teams and then be announced Trish and Gal will fight for the women's title. But no, I came up with another idea. Heels always win in my promotion, brother. 
<laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um also Lita wasn't always gonna be a heel. Ooh. Yeah. Uh think about the swerve of I was gonna have Edge and Trish be the couple. Oh okay. And Trish would have been the heel, Lita would have been the face. Yep. Yeah, the whole like presence and all that was just gonna be a swerve. And it would have all been from Trish, and then Trish would reveal that she was actually with Edge. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the idea, but I need Trish as a baby face. I just, yeah, I can't pull the trigger on that. Um, I really, I. Also, around the same time period, I, like, watched, like, something on the WWE Network about Edge and Lita and, like, their run in 2006, and I was like, nah, I'm just going to stick to that for the time being. Uh, I also contemplated forming, like, a Canadian faction with Edge, Trish, and Gale. And Edge was going to have multiple girlfriends. <laughs> Thought about that as well. Speaking <laughs> of Canadians. Yes. Where's Anvil from? Because he's not full Canadian, is he? He's American. Yeah, he's, uh, I think, like, Michigan or something. Um, yeah, he, he's not Canadian. He's Canadian by marriage, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Calvary, Alberta. Oh, he's from. He was born in California. Oh. Oh. Um. Yeah. So. So that's pretty much the big thing that was going to happen with me. It wasn't going to be later. It was going to be Gal. Um. I'm not going to spoil too much, but there's a reason why Trish and Lita aren't hanging out too much. I want to keep the two big... I'm keeping, like, big names apart from each other for a reason. Yeah. Um, have I even talked about my third month yet? <laughs> no, go for it. Yeah, let, let me let you start. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> John Sandig here. Oh, my God, what the hell just happened? What do you Jesus. mean what happened? Are you blind? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the uh, danger zone. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of... More sidetrack again. Speaking of Botchmania, best thing Matthew ever did was put the Dynamite music over Botchmania's entrance because now whenever I hear that, I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's a new Botchmania out. <laughs> mm. Yep. Yeah. Um... I went away from Botchamania for a couple of years, but then I like came back like a couple of months ago. One of my mates has been watching it, and I was like, yeah, uh, I'm going to go binge them all, every single episode I've missed since the last time I watched. And uh, yeah, it's still amazing. I love it so much. Oh, man. 
Uh, so let's see. What the hell did I have? Oh, that's right. WrestleMania. WrestleMania. No. Um, what's my point zoomed in so far? God damn it. Uh, let's see. You had a really good build to this one from my memory. Yeah, so let's see. Um, Henry was beating local talent, as was Andre, building up to their feud. The Road Warriors were beating up local talent saying that they deserve to be number one contenders because they were screwed out of the uh, tournament match by DX. Briscoe versus Anoki, uh, which led to a two-on-one attack in the post-match, as well as um, Wendy Richter and Alundra versus China and Jacqueline. Uh, so the two opponents on opposing t- sides in a women's tag team showcase match before WrestleMania. Uh, as we go into the card itself, um, sorry, had Ricky the Dragon Steamboat lose to Mil Masquerez in a pay-per-view light heavyweight showcase match. Red Hart uh, defeated Iron Sheik as Sheik refuses to tap, passing around the sharpshooter. Um, the Briscoes versus Anoki and his mystery partner Jushin Thunder Liger. Corey Funk versus Stevie Ray in a Texas bull rope strap match. The Road Warriors versus D-Generation X, Triple H and Shawn Michaels with X-Pac, where if the Road Warriors won, they would become number one contenders. China versus Jacqueline in a number one contenders match for the Women's Championship. Mark Hendry versus Andre the Giant in a number one contenders match for the World Heavyweight Championship. And the three championship matches were DX, uh, New Age Outlaws versus Immortal for the vacant tag team championships, Immortal 1. Women's Championship, Wendy Richter versus Alundra Blaze as Roddy was in her corner. This all stems down from the Cindy Lauper in the ring where we did the record smash on Roddy again. Yeah, that was good. So Cindy's ringside, she plays a, uh, Wendy down the ring. Wendy gets the victory here. Lunder's sort of abandoned by Piper post-match. Booker T took on Terry Funk in the main event, where Booker T got the win and celebrated going off the air. Yeah. um, Was Booker T winning ever in doubt? Uh, By month three, no. No, I didn't think so. Oh, we sort of touched it, touched on it earlier, but I forgot to dive into it. You said you, in your head, you contemplated like changing the finish of the Royal Rumble match like fifteen times. Who were you thinking? Oh man, um, Sean, Brett, Andre, Mark, Kurt. Jarrett, Sheiky, Piper, Triple H. I don't think I mentioned him. Um, Bunk, 
I'm just trying to remember who my final four were now as well. China was pretty deep as well, I think. Uh, China at one point was the la- in the last three, but I at no point had her winning straight out of the gate. No. Nah. Uh, I genuinely hope China gets a world title run. I'm not trying to coerce you into booking anything, but it would be really interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think it, like some of the ones that sort of stand out to me is like the possibility of an Andre world title run or like Iron Sheik having another title run. That really intrigues me. Um yeah, I thought I thought for sure it was going to be Brett or Sean. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's sort of what I wanted to tease going forward. Yeah. <laughs> but then which, uh, <laughs> stuff happened. Yeah, which brings us back to WrestleMania. Yeah. Poor old Sean wasn't didn't appear to be too happy about being in the mid-card tag team match, apparently. That's what I've heard backstage, anyway. (laughs) Well, he should have read the contract better because he would have realised what was going to happen. Oh, man. Uh, When is the... I guess this is the appropriate time to talk about it because this is Sean's last appearance, well, on pay-per-view at least. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so where was Sean going? Um, I'll talk about that once I get to month six. All right. All righty. Um, Did you want to touch on the women's supplementary draft at all? Because this happened at the end of month three. Yeah, I can... Um, I'll just quickly bring up that portion of my... Little Dubalaki here. Yes. Um, yeah, the women's supplementary draft is one of the few things in this whole Fruity's Ultimate Game Show thing, which wasn't my idea. Ooh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this was pretty much all you, wasn't it? Um, yeah, to a large extent, I suppose. I I I had to give it the it works for me brother or it doesn't work for me brother. I had to give it the okay because I got creative control. But uh you've got the old <laughs> Kevin Nash contract on this podcast. Yeah, I got the favored nations clause. Um what? Know, oh, It's a a clause in um Hulk Hogan's contract that if anyone in WCW earned more than him, Hulk Hogan would be an in, entitled to a raise that, so his contract would match whoever's contract is higher than his. You're joking, right? It's like a legit thing that Hogan had. But, like, no one ever earned more than him anyway, so... Jeez, yeah, wow. Yeah, it was a legit clause he had that 
like his like lawyer sort of squeezed into the contract and yeah the the Turner as executive sort of missed that one. <laughs> that no one's no one's allowed to have more money than me, brother. Sure read page seventeen. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, women's supplemental draft. Um <laughs> Yeah, so what gave you the idea for this one? Uh, well, both saying like, that we needed more women. Sorry. We both were saying like we need more women on the roster to sort of not uh, be repetitive after three, four months. Yeah, honestly, I don't know how I could have booked a full year with like five women. Or four women. I had four. You had like six, didn't you? Cheating yeah. So to to this point, I uh, offered you Gal Kim before uh, month one. Yeah, that's right. I got Gal. Yeah, I forgot about that. And then when we did the supplementary draft, I offered you Miss Elizabeth, which took us to six and six, as well as the first pick in the women's draft. Yeah, yeah, that was actually very kind of you. Um, and then going to the first pick, I grabbed AJ Lee and you and grabbed I Paige. Instantly, <laughs> yeah, I got Paige and then I instantly regretted when you have the first pick. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, your first pick was almost my first pick. Oh, yeah. It um, honestly depends on the mood on the mood I was in. Like, it could have been either one of the two. I knew that both of those two would go first two, to be honest. Oh, and I suppose for those who haven't listened back yet, the uh, the women's supplementary draft was for the Hall of Famers, the... Oh, where the hell is my code? So it was yeah, for Hall, Hall, Hall of, of Famers. Famers. Yep. The Legacy Wing as well as the uh, women's wrestling champions from the WWF and WCW. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with how that turned out for me. And, honestly, I can't pick who came out on top in that one. Yeah. Um, Draft. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty even. Like, I would say, like, your last pick, it, it would normally would be like, oh, that's a bit of a waste of a pick. But because of who you already had on your roster, of course you should have her. You need her, basically. Yeah, well, it'll certainly start paying dividends soon after. Yeah, Deborah joining up with Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle. You should do it. Uh, maybe this is something I should tell you off air of an idea. Go on. Angle's revenge. <laughs> Angle, I was thinking that. Angle steals Jeff's girl. Uh, I was thinking that, but I wasn't sure how far I wanted to go with it. <laughs> oh, go far. You got to go far. You got to do it. Take, take um, your time with it, but yeah. Um, 
So you picked Michelle McCool, and then I was like, oh, I should pick Layla. And I'm like, he did let me keep both the Bellas. I've got to let him have Layla. So I picked Caitlin next. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was really worried about that. But to be honest, if you did grab Layla, I wouldn't have been too upset because, like, I mainly wanted Layla for the whole lay call, like, as a team. But I could do without Layla. Like, she's not the most talented of the two, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I really regret picking Michelle McCall for, instead of Caitlin. I regret that one big time. Is there, sh- is there one out of the supplementary picks here that you wish you had changed to someone else? Yes. Um, yeah, like I said, I wish I grabbed Caitlin instead of Michelle McCall. And uh, quite frankly, your I'm not going to say her by name because she's not debuted yet, but uh, your second pick of the supplementary draft, I probably should have grabbed her immediately. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah. You had had Um, (laughs) two of my top three already, and I'm like, oh, okay. Alex wants to play that game, does he? Yeah. Yeah, um, maybe I didn't need Melina either. There's people in the free agent that I should have gotten instead. There's one particular woman. I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah, there's one particular woman that I should have gotten instead of Melina. I I don't know. Exactly who you mean. The cat. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I should have gotten Cat and Jerry oh. Lawler. Oh no, Jerry if Lawler I... and the Cat, and then I have, then I'll fire Cat publicly, and then Jerry Lawler leaves. <laughs> that, that's what brought Paul Heyman into the WWF. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, at least I have Captain Fox. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, so full disclosure, I actually have some questions from quote unquote listeners later to ask, but, um, yeah, some of your women's picks, there are some questions about those. Ooh. Yeah, so I've got some questions sort of laid out from other people, members of the community, quote-unquote, multiple uh, non-gimmick-named people that I haven't given fake names to, I swear. (laughs) Why does this already sound bad? No. No. Um, I'll tell you off air what happens. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, so, yeah, any major regrets on your end? Uh, 
point, I did want Lake Hall because then I could have done Lake Hall v Bellas, but it's kind of why I grabbed him. <laughs> so you couldn't. It's kind of why I grabbed him. It was just like he beat me to the Bellas, and I was a good boy about it. I should have Lake Hall. I deserve him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Just looking at some of the others in the free agent board, sort of. I could have that person, but I'm pretty happy with what I ended up getting out of the uh, supplementary draft there. Yeah, there's one in... There was two at the time that I regretted not drafting. As luck would have it, I would end up getting one of them later on. Oh, yep. Ooh, yes, I know. Ooh, E... Yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, any other questions? No, not for that month. Yeah, so we've covered WrestleMania, so shall we move to month four? Indeed we shall. Yeah, so um, the WrestleMania episode, by the way, is the biggest twist of the game where one heartbreak kid... Shawn Michaels jump ship to WCW. Uh, I would say, I would just happily assume that was a massive spanner in the works. Uh, let's put it this way. I'm now rewriting everything from uh, year one, month four, so April of year one to April of year two. Yeah, right. Okay. From from this point onwards, I had to rewrite everything. Yeah. To be fair, I had to rewrite everything as well. Because, <laughs> like, that's the moment where I shifted directions from this is going to be the year of the 80s to, nah, I'm going to have to pull the trigger on this now. I'm going to have to just do it now. I'm going to have to bring in some attitude now because, yeah, um, I want this to be Sean's big debut. Oh, man. I wish it wasn't. Yeah. But um, um, once yeah. we get to month six, I'll give you a bit of a an idea, if you will, of where I was going. Yeah. Um. So I had uncensored the night of violence um, to build up to this. Uh, the outsiders are teasing the NWOs coming. So, yeah, uh, we set up a six-man tag for Bash at the Beach in the next month. Um, oh, yeah, this is the episode where... Ric Flair costs Barry Windham the US title and Edge and Leader join the Horsemen. Oh, the Horsemen. Yeah. Um, that was meant to happen much later in the year. As you can tell by how rushed it seemed. Did it sort of sprung up overnight? <laughs> uh this month where year four, the first month you announced that title and then every month afterwards it changed. 
Yeah, uh, the U.S. title thing. Um, yeah, Edge winning it, joining the Horsemen wasn't the initial plan. But it, there was still going to be a title change. It was still going to be a title change because I wanted it to swap hands a lot at first to build it to seem like a bit of a big deal when someone held it for a longer amount of time, which was yeah. always going to be a long title reign after this pay-per-view. But it was going to be Stone Cold. Ooh. I was throwing around the idea of Stone Cold Steve Austin option seeing the US title at Starcade. Oh wow! Doing the the Austinaries option C thing, <laughs> cashing in his US title for a chance at the world title, threw up that idea. But as luck would have it, I uh, plans had to change. Um, yeah, Shawn Michaels jumping ship forced me to make Edge immediately j- join the Horsemen kick Barry Windham out. J.J. Dillon got fired on screen and then literally from my fed this month. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, we had a bit going on here. Mankind going cuckoo with Eddie Guerrero. Um, Blade Runner stuff. Oh, this is where we get a random clip from MTV Music News that Macho Man recorded an album which would be a big story going forward. Um, uh, this is also where we had the debut of Yoko Zuna and his a bit more Uso-ish. He joins up with Rikishi and they become too thick. Yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah, go it's on. So unexpected. Yeah, that that's... Um, if you recall, I grabbed Yokozuna from a handpicked free agent because as soon as I got Rikishi, that's what I wanted. It was like, oh, man, it'd be so good to have him and Yokozuna team up. Have him just be, like, gigantic Usos. Uh, we also had the debut of the spiritual advisor, Mr. Fuji. It's uh, so good. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's where we planted the seeds of the Ultimate Warrior heel turn. Oh, we had um, Rick Rude become the first ever hardcore champion. That was a total last minute thing. I was like, yes. I need. So, uh, so what was the what was the reason in bringing that in all of a sudden on TV? Like, I thought you wouldn't bring that in unless I forced you to. Yeah. Um... Oh, I can say now because of, yeah, he's already showed up. Um, yeah, I, I wanted, I came up with the idea of Macho Man being a rapper and I was like, oh, he should be like a hardcore wrestler so he can say he's a hardcore rap gangster. Oh, he should be hardcore champion. That's why I brought in the hardcore title. And also because it was Philly. This was in Philly. So I was like, yeah. All right. I can grab the hardcore title, bring that in, and 
you know, people's expectations of the WCW hardcore title are pretty low. So I don't have to, I don't have to work too hard to exceed expectations on that one. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. And I came up the idea of making Rick Rude be the first hardcore champion because, you know, he's a sexy boy sort of thing. Not Sean, but he's a very ravishing man. So he wants to be hardcore in all facets of his life. Nudge, nudge. He's hardcore. He's hardcore. Uh, yeah, that's... Yeah. So where was your fir- uh, fourth month from? Philly. Yes. I'm still mad. <laughs> oh, at this point I was over it, but yeah, he sort of took the took the wind from underneath my sails on that one. But this is also the same month that um, in the very first segment of the very first week, I announced that the NWO is coming in and in the exact same segment, you do a massive angle with DX and you did a much better angle than me to be truthful. And yeah, you stole, stole the wind from underneath my sails on that one as well. Thank you, Concert. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, head into yours. So I'm going to where you run for the first month over to good old Atlanta, GA. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, following uh, WrestleMania, first week of Raw, we kicked Sean out of DX because, you know, he's leaving and stuff. Uh, Triple H incites immunity, but basically everyone in DX turns on him which leads to DX in the ring minus Sean. Uh, Triple H gives a big speech and then says that he's welcoming the newest member, which is Mike Tyson, to DX. Yeah, that blew me away. Like, I knew you had him, but, like, I sort of forgot about the Mike Tyson and DX thing for some reason. So, yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, so from this point forward, we see uh, Iron Mike in the corner for a lot of the DX matches as the enforcer. Um, yeah. So, later on that night, X-Pac, Ricky Steamboat, by pinfall after Tyson pushed Ricky off the top rope behind the referee's back. Sorry, I'm just going through like my full show notes here, just trying to pick out a couple of things. Yeah, not. I didn't really put too much else of note in. I put all my energy sort of into that opening, uh, opening <laughs> raw segment there. Yeah. Pay per view itself, a uh, backlash. Had an Australian Rules trios match: Jake the Snake Roberts and the Bushwhackers versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart. Yeah, you want to give the humans a bit of a background on where you got the Australian rules idea from? Uh, was it WCW Australia, I believe, when we were watching one of those matches? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Might have been that or some old NWA or something, but basically it's a trios match where there's uh, 
a captain and two non-captains. So either you get two pinfalls over the non-captains in the match or a pinfall over the captain ends the match. You there? Yeah. Yeah. Just sort of glitched for a moment. Um, took on the Funks in a number one contenders match for the tag titles with the Funks winning. Um, China defeated Alundra Blaze by count out as by count out as the referee um, sorry, as Alundra didn't make it to the ring. Video cuts backstage and it's shown that Alundra has been taken into the trainer's room holding a bloody towel over her face. Uh, had a number one contenders match for the World Heavyweight Championship and Noki defeated Piper. Um, Immortal defeated the Road Warriors with Deborah running in interference, uh, running in from the crowd, causing the match to be thrown out. And um, Immortal retains with Jared saying, Listen up, slap nuts, this is Deborah. <laughs> now play my music, slappy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that's good. Wendy Richter defeated Jacqueline to retain, and Booker T defeated Mark Henry. Um, Mark Henry via an inside cradle for the quick one, two, three count. Yeah, was there any second guesses on that finish as well? Um, only the the only result I was really questioning was the Funks tag match with the Briscoes. Yeah, sort of, Terry had bitten in the uh, main event the past couple of months. Where do I want to go from there? And then also the um the tag team match. Did I want to have Deborah debut after they lose, and that's why they attack? Road Warriors, or do I have a run-in and the match is thrown out and it can lead to more? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Like, yeah, everyone loves a nice, clean finish, but sometimes you can't have that every match because stories need to be told. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Any questions then for month four or yeah, um, what was I going to say? It was, um, was there any contemplation on, like, fully turning Mark Henry heel for this feud? Salmon jacket Mark Henry? Yeah, like having him just go full monster for Booker T. No, not yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go on. Oh, uh, because, um, yeah, I, I honestly, like, was a little bit thrown off by the fact that neither men, like, that this was just a full-on, just, we're cool, bro, sort of match. I was blown away by that, because I just wasn't expecting it when the match was um, first sort of set up in the first uh, at WrestleMania, I was sort of expecting, oh, Mark's going to go super heel here and he's going to beat the crap out of Booker T every week. 
but yeah, he sort of caught me off guard with this one, and that that's definitely a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I try to do, keep everyone on their toes a little. Makes it a yes. little funner for everyone. Yes, now... We should speak now, about... it, is this the last in-ring appearance of Booker T? No, next month is. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that when we get there. <laughs> I, I just genuinely have things to ask. And then, um, yeah, go on. Being so kind with the twist, you picked <laughs> opponent's gimmick match tournament or title, and what the hell did you give me? Brawl for all, brother. Son of a bitch. <laughs> ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, this is what I want to talk about, like, on a show like this, because, yeah, full disclosure, I had planned to do Brawl for All later in the year. Oh, serious? For my hardcore title. Oh, man. Now I kind of <laughs> feel bad throwing it on you. I just really uh, wanted a brawl for all. <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, I've, <laughs> I've got another idea that I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Cool. No, tell You're me, I'll steal it. it. <laughs> huh? Tell me, I'll steal it. No. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> um. So... Uh, next month, month five. We're almost there, folks. <laughs> month five. So WCW had Bash at the Beach. Tagline is, whose side are you on? Obviously. Um, the bi- A couple of the big things coming out of that one is basically... Um, Oh, yeah, we had the barbed wire steel cage match culminating, like, ending the Mankind-Eddie Guerrero feud, which I was actually really happy with the way I wrote the barbed wire cage match. I was really happy with that one. We get the music video debut of Macho Man. <laughs> um, slowly building that up. At this point in time, we see these mysterious masked security men, like, laying out rowdy fans on stage. Um, We had the hardcore title, hardcore tuxedo match, Rick Rude versus a newly face, Kurt Hennig. And we get the formation of the West Texas Rednecks. Um, This is me trying to make a notoriously bad gimmick good. What, the West (laughs) Texas Rednecks? Yeah. Oh, man, if they're going against March, <laughs> I can't say that yet. Uh, it's oh, already man. set up. It's already set up. Yeah. So you can say it. Like, okay. Macho Man and Savage Security laid out the West Texas Red Decks on my last pay-per-view. So, yeah, it's really obvious what where I'm going, I think. Can I just say, then, if they're going after Macho and his crap rap, 
I'm 100% behind West Texas Rednecks. Exactly. That's why the Rednecks are the baby faces and Savage is the heel. Because Savage is a shit... Oh, Savage isn't a good rapper. That's why Savage is the heel and Kurt Henning is the baby face. See, that's why I think the West Texas Rednecks should have been baby faces the whole time in WCW to begin with. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're a Southern promotion. You're trying to get a bunch of Southern people to boo, boo uh, Western music and cheer rap music. Doesn't work. Uh, this is where we had Ultimate Warrior go full heel and uh, pilbanize the neck of Sting, wrapping the chair around it, stomping on it, and breaking a baseball bat over Sting's face. And Sting, well, to this day, still hasn't been seen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Another thing that uh, a blind man could see where that's going, to be honest, but... When when we get there, you'll love it. I swear. Um, and yeah, this is the big thing coming out of this one is Hulk Hogan comes out. Is he the third man for then WO? No, he's the third man for WCW. He's with Austin and Flair. It's a dream team. Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair versus Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. But out comes Shawn Michaels, and Shawn Michaels is the leader of the NWO. They win the match. They get these contracts. They get title matches whenever they want, wherever they want, and they immediately cash it in on the Horsemen. <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah. see that happening. Yeah. Uh, I'm prepared to catch criticism for that one. I'm prepared. This was as blatant of a, uh, I don't feel like doing that storyline anymore. I'm just going to this one now. <laughs> no, I, I like it because it was part of that stipulation you had put in. So it yeah. does make sense. I just found it unexpected to happen. Bang, right there. Yeah, so the whole idea was I wanted... The, like, it always annoyed me as a kid that, like, particularly the Bash at the Beach 96 thing, this is a, a quote-unquote invading faction, right? Why isn't the entire WCW roster coming out to try to help? So I wanted to rectify that by having everyone run out. And then I was like, oh, but now I've got Arn and Tully out there. So why wouldn't Hall and Nash just cash in on the contract and get the tag titles right now? Why wouldn't Sean just get his title that title right now? Gonna hold off on those title matches for another month. And then I was like, no, it's illogical. They should take the titles right now while everyone's laid out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, and full disclosure, yeah, it's sort of setting something up for the Horsemen and then WO for the future as well. 
So. Yeah, well, I already sort of know where you're going from there. Yeah, you. Just because you know where I'm going doesn't mean you won't enjoy the journey. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I was. We had the massive, like, me firing back at everything you said about Sean as well. We had that promo from Sean. Yeah, you bastard. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, any questions there? No, no, it it was just, you've explained the one question I had, which was, how do you get to the the two title matches? And you explained that Tully and uh, came down, they laid them out, and then they said, yeah, we'll have that match now. Yeah. Sean does the same thing, so you've explained that there. Yeah, I, I thought it would be, like, a really, like, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash thing to do as well. Be like, all right, we'll just take that match now, thanks. Cheers. <laughs> um, yeah. Here's another little Easter egg. If you actually look back at the stipulation, it was all three members of the NWO get co- title matches whenever they want. Should have read page 17. So, uh, I didn't hammer it down well enough on this one that Kevin Nash used his contract to get the tag title match. So that means that Scott Hall still has a contract. I haven't written down here, but I didn't say it for some reason. I got too excited. (laughs) So, yeah. So I feel like this is the right time to reiterate Yes, there is still another contract and Scott Hall has it. Fair enough. Um, should I move on to what I had month five? Yeah, go for it. WWF in your house taking place from the home of football, Wembley Stadium, London, England. Uh, like, first week, a uh, video from Andre saying that he'll challenge anyone to the final. WWF European Championship qualifying match in Paris, France. Uh, also, announcement of the Brawl for All coming. Main event of week one. Piper defeats Stevie Ray in a good 10 minute match to advance in the European Championship four way. Road Dog defeated Jack Briscoe in Brawl for All. Um, as well as Gerald Briscoe defeating Billy Gunn in the Brawl for All. Uh, this was all in Berlin, Germany. Uh, Mil Masquerez beats a local talent, a certain dancer. Perhaps you know him. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved that one. This is the thing I loved, like, because we're reading head-to-head week one, week one, week two, week two. Macho Man's World Tour. He's just performed a concert in Berlin, Germany. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those freaky things. I think in our last episode, I think there was something that was similar on every single episode of our TV. Yeah. Um, and then uh, main event, second qualifying match for the European Championship, Triple H 
lost to Jake the Snake Roberts. Third week from Rome, Italy, Brawl for All. Luke Williams is defeated by X-Puck. And Butch Miller defeats Mark Henry. Main event uh, was the third European qualifying match. The Iron Sheik defeats Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, over to Paris, France. Uh, first Brawl for All semi-final. X-Pac v Road Dog, and X-Pac wins to advance. Second Brawl for All. Butch Miller versus Billy Gunn, and Billy Gunn advances. Main event for the final European Championship qualifying match. Andre the Giant, uh, the hometown hero, well, home countryman, I guess, um, comes down to the ring. WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett announces that he is uh, pleased to welcome the newest signee to the World Wrestling Federation and Andre's opponent, Bruno San Martino. Now, at this point, had you forgotten that I had uh, Bruno as a free agent pickup? Yep. Completely forgotten. Um, that's what you do very well. You're not like me. Like, I get way too excited about all the new toys I get to play with. I, I like, throw them out there straight away. You hang on to them. You keep them in the package a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I just ripped the box open and just like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you sort of leave it in the package. You know, you might chuck it in a shelf somewhere. Uh, I'll use it when I'm done with my other toys. Yeah, it's got to look good, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, you did that very well. Um, yeah. Uh, I like his style. You've got a lot of free agents that, well, I don't know if a lot, but you've got a few free agents that you haven't debuted yet either, and I'm just, I'm trying to remember them every single time so that I don't get surprised again. <laughs> uh, pay-per-view itself, again, uh, in your house, which is sort of... Uh... Like, I took the name and just tried to use it as an international show, similar to TakeOver, I guess. Yeah. Uh, X-Pac defeats Billy Gunn in the Brawl for All final to win the vacant Hardcore Championship. So, because this got thrown on me and I only had access to a third of my roster, with the other two being tied up in two tournaments... Um, Alex has seen a video of this. This was completely random dice rolls yeah. for this tournament. Honestly, how annoyed were you that it ended up being DX versus DX? Kind of annoyed, but it happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because uh, as you were reading out some of the Brawl for All results, I was like, what? Did you just say X-Puck knocked out, like, Jerry Briscoe or something? What? <laughs> oh, I think it might have been, like, Billy Gunn knocked out, like, a Briscoe or something. And I was like, what? That's... And then you explained the whole dice thing. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Billy Gunn knocked out Gerald Briscoe and then Butch Miller. <laughs> yeah. I was like, 
Billy Gunn would get tied into a pretzel by Jerry Briscoe. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that whole th- thing. And it just so happens to work out that your boy ends up becoming hardcore champ. Yeah, because he's awesome. Exactly. Um, following that, uh, Mill Masquerade's defeated Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in a light heavyweight showcase match, meaning Mill Masquerade's leads head to head 2 0. Bruno San Martino versus Triple H in a European rules match. Five three minute rounds, 30 second round breaks, two out of three pulls, win five, pin four submission, or a KO ends the bout. The Road Warriors versus the Heart Foundation for the number one contendership to the tag titles, uh, where Road Warriors win, so they get a rematch. Uh, Announce King for the Ring, King of the Ring for Madison Square Garden the next month, including a King of the Ring tournament for the main event of SummerSlam and a European, uh, the vacant European Championship. Uh, Immortal retain again, this time against the Funks using Deborah's help. Booker T with Stevie Ray in his corner defeats Antonio Noki with Jushin Fundalaga in his corner to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. Wendy Richter defeats China, who had Iron Mike in her corner but was thrown out mm-hmm. uh, to retain the Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the main event, a four-corner match for the vacant uh, European Championship. Piper versus Roberts versus Sheik versus Andre. Uh, and Andre gets a win, pinning Piper to become the new European champion. And did you say it was Booker T versus Liger? Booker T versus Anoki. Uh, sorry, Booker T with Stevie Ray in his corner versus Antonio Anoki with Jushin Thunder Liger in his corner. Uh, I'm going to have to rewrite one of the awards because I swear to God. That match didn't happen, but <laughs> but I must have just missed it on my re-watching, uh, re-listing. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah, all right. That sort of um ruins one of my points about an about an award. <laughs> um, okay, so so yeah, European title. Always Andre? Yeah. Or what? Uh, yeah, by this point, it was always Andre. I had initially fought Piper, but Andre's the sort of guy that I felt coming uh, closer to the event, especially after losing Sean. A uh, bit of a course correction moving Andre into this picture. Yeah. No, I think this one was a really good one. This is um, this is the one where you do the first Bella Tease promo, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. So she's uh, in the ring, cleaned out the vi- division, calling herself undisputed WWF Women's Champion. The lights go out, and a video plays, saying the Queen arrives at King of the Ring. 
yeah, I really love the build up to all of that. That might have been my highlight of your six months was everything involving that, to be honest. Um yeah, um I feel like something's just missing with the Booker T title reign, to be honest. Like, it's um a lot of just good sportsmanship. I, I want to say a bit of hate in there. Would you say Harlem hate? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I want to say a bit more good versus evil. Bit, a bit... <laughs> no, no, no evil. Oh, I wanted to say Moxley versus Evil, Jonathan Good versus Evil. Um, oh, they should they should definitely do something with that. Oh no. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, I just feel like um there's it's a little a bit more stakes. Yeah, like like Booker T's sort of like at times I'm not too sure where he falls in the alignment of face or heel. That's a fair comment. Yeah. Like with the Mark Henry thing, like I think it was kind of obvious it was face. With the Terry Funk thing it was kinda it was a little bit of both, to be honest. <laughs> Cause like I thought Terry Funk might have been a bit more heelish, but then, like, there was no way Dory Funk was the heel against Stevie Ray in that feud. So the lines were a bit blurred there. And then with this one, like, Liger's obviously not a heel. Is Booker T a little? I don't know. I couldn't quite tell sometimes with him. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And, like, by no means am I telling you to make Booker T a heel because I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> mm. I think I think Booker T is a fantastic baby face, although he has had some really good heel runs. Chuck a crown on him. Oh, no. No, we'll talk about that soon. <laughs> if only. Then I could have had a period Oh, yeah, I could pair her with him and then call her a queen. Yeah, you already had a queen that turned up anyway. That's what you need. Booker Uh, goes goes full Booker mode. Booker man. (laughs) Booker mode. uh, Month six, my man. What do you got? Yeah, so this was Road Wild. I had a huge card on this one. This is like a 12 match card. Uh, we had the debut of DDP beating Terry Gordy. Um, hang on a sec. We had uh, Edge retaining his US title. Ultimate Warrior having a match against someone and there's some more shenanigans after the match. It's like the lights keep coming off after his matches and when they come back on, there's something spooky in the ring, like the remains of a broken baseball bat teasing something for down the road. Um, uh, what else do we have here? We had a women's title match street fight. 
come as you are sort of coming in straight clothes. Leader getting the win on that one um, against Molly Holly. Oh, yeah. So we had the Hayden family versus the West Texas Rednecks. Hennig gets the clean pin on Rude, and the stipulation was that if Hennig and the Rednecks won, Hayden has to give up his manager's license and dissolve the Hayden family. Uh, you didn't sound too happy about that one when I read that one out when we talked about this one. Um, yeah, Heenan's no longer a manager and the Heenan family is no more. The Rednecks are celebrating in the ring There's to their song and all that sort of stuff. And then we get the return of the Macho Man with Savage Security, Bradshaw and Farouk. And out of spoiler now, Sherry Martell is Macho Man's personal assistant. Um, yeah, <laughs> so we had that big debut. Yeah, Macho Man showing up in a Cadillac Escalade. That was one of my favorite things. Um, Hulk Hogan became number one contender. What else did we have? Steve Austin and Rick Flair had a 15-minute match, but shenanigans occur, occur, and we're getting a rematch of the next month. Then we get the one-hour Iron Man match between Eddie Guerrero and Shawn Michaels for the WCW world title. Eddie Guerrero, at the very end of the match, has Shawn pinned. The referee's hand comes down one, two, just as he's about to come down for three. The clock runs out and Sean gets the win Eddie couldn't tie up the score and Sean has brought in a new rule the one and done rule so Eddie can't challenge for the title for 12 months yeah the old uh, Rocky rule yeah yeah I, I really love that rule I think it's such a great thing um yeah, so I figured Sean's the guy to do it with, especially because he was uncontracted, so we'll get him to sign a contract and he gets his own little steps in there and all that sort of stuff. I did a lot of, like, psychology stuff with Eddie and Sean in this one. Like, Eddie's knee, Sean gets upset because before, right before the match, it's announced that there is a sudden death over time, so Sean gets really angry and he gasses himself out a bit early. Yeah. So any questions from that pay-per-view? Was it always going to be a uh, 60-minute Ironman with Sean just squeaking out the win, or did you put in the overtime at the last minute? Uh, it wasn't meant to be an Ironman. It was just going to be singles. But I was like, I need Sean to come in with a bang. And have Sean do what Sean does. Like, this is his first match. It has to be, like, an epic sort of thing. So, let's let's have Sean do a Sean thing. And let's have it be, like... Let's have it be that Eddie was that close. 
because like I've spent a fair bit of time like building Eddie, so I don't want to completely get him destroyed. And we need Sean to seem dominant for a majority of this match, but in the end, it's Eddie's knee that gives out on him, and he just misses out. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, any questions about, like, I don't know, the Macho Man stuff? Probably not, because after listening to that album, I've wiped a lot of the Macho from my mind. Yeah. Oh, like, like we said earlier, like, it's pretty obvious what I'm doing. The West Texas Rednecks, the guys that hate rap, they country guys against the rap group, which who would have thought I'd be referring to Bradshaw as a rap group member? <laughs> what about old Farouk? Ah, uh, dude, you got to hear his early 90s WCW theme. He loves some rap. Is that the one that's on Slam Jam? Yeah. <laughs> the, the Ricky Steamboat one that's on that album so weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. It just talks about how he's a family man. He's the kind of guy that is a family man. Loves his wife and son and does the best he can. The Sting one's horrible. He does this. He does that. He says, big as a bull and quick as a cat, or something like that. And it's like, wow, that's sort of lazy writing. He does this, he does that. Yeah, what is it for the Steiner Brothers one where it's like, hang on, I need to bring up the lyrics because the Steiner Brothers one is just ridiculous. Yeah, here's the story of two brothers, Rick and Scott. They don't use drugs and they're always on top. And out comes Scott Steiner with his bicep on top of his bicep's bicep. <laughs> um, certainly a bit weird. Yeah. Um, any thoughts? DDP debuted. I uh, was setting, we also set up a direction with. Hayes and Gordy being frustrated at management at this point because uh, Ultimate Warrior like murdered Buddy Roberts and Jimmy Garvin and then fire then they get fired like the next week because they can't compete. Yeah, well, we'd already discussed that one off air, so it didn't didn't catch me off guard. <laughs> no, but I like completely murdered them. <laughs> but yeah, yeah the... but... go on. But like you said, at that point they were um future endeavoured as it as you would, so uh yeah that that was uh bound to happen. Yeah, and I'm kind of setting up a story of like Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy against the world sort of thing. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, uh, should I month get six, into month man. six? Yeah. WWF, first week of Raw. Supposed to be Glasgow, Scotland, but instead, because of bad weather, we're coming to you from the site where Mike Bassett guided Norwich City to the Mr. Clutch Cup. That's Norwich, England. 
Yeah, that was good. <laughs> when was the last time you watched that? I can't recall, man. I can't recall. I think it's been years, dude. Uh, I usually try to watch it like once every couple of years, usually before the World Cup. You want to explain to the humans the glory of Mike Bassett? <laughs> it's what is it? It's like a, a sporting comedy. Yeah, it's kind of like it. Isn't it like a mockumentary? Uh, for anyone who's seen. Oh, what is it? The merger. Basically, 20 years before that, but done with an English uh, soccer football club where the guys end up coaching a lower league team but gets appointed the national team manager. Yeah. Pele's in this movie. Ronaldo's in this movie. The. Brazilian Ronaldo, not Portuguese Ronaldo. <laughs> I just thought of the airport statue. <laughs> oh, for Ronaldo. Oh, man. <laughs> Anyhow, Norwich. Uh, uh, says that King of the Rings starts tonight. So first match, Jeff Jarrett defeats Jim Anvil. So over the four weeks of Raw, there's qualifying matches before the pay-per-view is the single-man tournament. So similar to the traditional King of the Ring or the Survivor Series Deadly Game one-night tournament style pay-per-view. Uh, Uh, basically, second qualifying match, X-Pac defeats Luke Williams. Main event of the night, Wendy Richter comes down to the ring for her undisputed WWF World Women's Championship celebration. Uh, states that she believes she's a role model for the next generation. Spoken with Commissioner Jim Barnett and the executive board, allowing her an undisputed open challenge match. Uh, a 10-minute tryout against the champion, lose, and you're not getting signed. Draw, and you get signed. Win, and if you win, it's not going to happen, but if you win, you'll receive a match for the undisputed WWF World Women's Champion the next week. Uh, she puts down the mic. The crowd begins to wonder who it could be. And it's Paige making her debut as the crowd goes insane. So she has a good match. Uh, counter for counter, 10 seconds left goes to cover Wendy in the ropes, but drags her to the centre of the ring, 1, 2 and the bell rings, the match is over Paige has taken the champion to the limit, but was one second short of a victory in a championship rematch so that was the main event for uh, week 1 week 2, back in the United States King of the Ring qualifying matches Mark Henry defeats George the Animal, still making his uh, debut. Then uh, Triple H defeats Gerald Briscoe. And Wendy Richter, in her main event uh, open challenge, uh, defeats Caitlin. I'm sorry. Uh, versus Caitlin to a time limit draw. 
Week three from Charlotte, North Carolina. King of the Ring qualifying match. Bruno San Martino defeats Jack Briscoe. Mm. Backstage in catering. George Animal Steel spills his lunch tray over Billy Gunn, who calls George a fat hog as he walks off. Mm. Qualifying match for King of the Ring number six. Dusty Rhodes making his debut, defeats Roddy Piper. And in the main event, Wendy Richter versus Alicia Fox to a time limit draw. Again, after every match, the uh, vignettes playing, uh, saying the Queen arrives at King of the Ring. Go home show, qualifying match, Kurt Angle defeats Stevie Ray. Antonio Noki defeats Bret Hart. I'm sorry. Bret Hart defeats Antonio Noki. And in the main event, Wendy Richter versus Kelly Kelly. And uh, Kelly Kelly wins by na- uh, count out. As we go into the pay-per-view, kickoff is the hog pen match. George Animal still defeats Billy Gunn. <laughs> so I just think he sort of drunk tosses him into the hog pen slides through the mud up towards the uh, camera that's placed placed by the back of the fence, and then a pig walks up and sits on his back. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, This feud with Billy Gunn and George Animal Steel will be an award-winning feud later on. Uh, King of the Ring first-round matches. So Jeff Jarrett defeats X-Pac. Triple H defeats Mark Henry. Bruno Sammartino defeats Dusty Rhodes. And Bret Hart defeats Kurt Angle. Uh, There was a two out of three falls match between the Road Warriors and the Funks. Where one team would receive a WWF World Tag Team number one contendership. While the other team could not challenge for the titles for 12 months. And the Road Warriors got the victory there, saying they will challenge challenge Immortal to a steel cage match at the next pay-per-view, which is Battleground, where Jim Barnett announces that we will be crowning our light heavyweight champion. Semi-final matches for the King of the Ring. Triple H defeats Kurt Angle, and Bret Hart defeats Bruno Sammartino. Co-main event, Wendy Richter comes down to the ring for her um, for her WWF Women's Championship match against the mystery opponent. Mm. So the lights go out and the video begins to play. We see the silhouette and the uh, clues were, I make others red with envy. Some people say I dance ridiculously. And when it comes to family, I'm number one before the words flash up. The queen has arrived and it's shown to be Brie Bella. So it's a competitive match, but Wendy is caught off guard and Brie hits the Bella Chote for the pinfall. One, two, three, and new WWF Women's Champion Brie Bella. Yeah, that one was great. So how quickly did you con on with my clues I only caught on when you said the thing about family 
is the last clue. Yeah. That's what made me realize it was Bree. Did you who did you think before? Um, you haven't debuted her yet. Okay. Um, and then in the main event, King of the Ring final for the Intercontinental Championship, Bret Hart defeats Triple H. Um, yeah, so that was month six. And any questions sort of there, Alex? Yeah, so um, I'm going to talk about the King of the Ring later, I guess. Um, so has the light heavyweight title, has that always been in the works uh, for the next month? Yeah, that was um, outlined from month one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's just get into it. Sean was meant to win King of the Ring, right? No. Oh. Okay. At one point he was, which I have told you off air, but I had changed it before Sean left. Yeah, now, right. Now, the reason I told you that was because he was still going to be in the final, but I didn't want to tell you who was winning <laughs> right. beforehand. Um, yeah. So the idea was, if I still had Brett at this point, DX would sort of be on a rough patch. If I still had Brett, I wouldn't have given X-Pac the hardcore title at all. Um, So yeah, we'd still be without any gold for DX. Uh, Be in a rough patch, get to this match, sort of classic, maybe 45-minute back and forth, trying to get one fall. Eventually, Brett hits a sharpshooter. Sean's trapped in the center of the ring. Tyson hasn't debuted with the group yet, so he's not out there to help. It's just Sean on his own saying that he could do it by himself, and he submits to Brett. It's like a sign of respect afterwards. And then the next night, I'd have Triple H sort of set up seeds of doubt with Sean and slowly start to tease that from there to the point where they would turn on uh, Sean following SummerSlam and then by early, either late in the year or early next year, Sean would come back as a baby face. Yeah. So, yeah. you're ruined it, damn it. Man, that sounds really good too. So, that's why I fast forward the, the DX <laughs> thing, because I wanted to get that in. <laughs> Like, well, if I can't get any of this other stuff in, I'm pulling this forward and then trying for the rest later. So, um, the winner of King of the Ring becomes Intercontinental Champion and challenges for the title at SummerSlam. I can if they want at the moment. It's just headlines, SummerSlam. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. I misheard then. Yep. No, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, anything else sort of from from week, uh, week, month six? So it was always Brett. Um, for a long time it was Brett. At yeah. least from at least from WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh man, I, I 
kind of wish you still had Sean now. Because that angle with DX would have been sweet. Yeah, um, so yeah. When's SummerSlam month eight normally? So over the next two months, I'd slowly tease that dissension between Sean and Triple H. And then, yeah, Raw after SummerSlam, I would have done the big, big turn. Yeah. And Tyson get involved at some point there. Yeah, and then Tyson would have got involved in the in either the beatdown in ring or or something shortly afterwards. But yeah, well, yeah, yeah, wow. So, um, do you want to quickly run over your champions? Well, not run over, run down. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rikishi is not a champion. Um. Yeah, so my champions at the moment, we got the women's champion, Lita, the US champion, Edge, we got the hardcore champion, Macho Man, Randy Savage, the undisputed king of hardcore rap, um, we got the tag team champions, the Outsiders, and the WCW world champion, Shawn Michaels. Oh boy. Um, for myself, I've got the hardcore champion is X Pac, the European champion Andre the Giant, the intercontinental champion Bret Hart, the tag team champions Immortal, Jeff Jarrett, and Kurt Angle, the women's champion is Brie Bella, and the world heavyweight champion is Booker T. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, I think we're both we're both got really strong champions uh, all across the board, to be honest. Um, so now I have some listener questions. Oh no! All right, first question is from T McNamara of Brother Glenn. Uh, wh- where the f yo champion at Thunder? <laughs> Well, it happened back in the 80s and that where Hogan would take time off, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess we're sort of conditioned to having a champion around all the time and the champion, like the world title being the main focus of everything. Uh, And now that I think about it, it's actually kind of refreshing that it isn't. Like, that you do give your main event spots, the European title, your IC title, your women's title, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Um, plus, plus, I've gone through and crowned, like, a lot of first champions, so I've wanted to sort of put those in the main event a lot as well to symbolise importance on those titles, which you've yeah. done the same as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um. Another question from David Diffie. Uh, is there a steamboat push coming? He's been featured a lot, but has lost every big match. Oh, possibly. Yeah, I think we've got a... <laughs> There's one episode of Pretty Solomon Game Show where he accidentally called him Dreamboat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, what I... What can I say? 
He's a good family man. <laughs> and he literally is a dreamboat. Like he's like he's a very handsome man. Anyway, um, this one's for both of us. Uh, who do each of you think is winning the ratings war so far? And that is from Simon Palabiski. So who do likes? Yeah, I think I'm winning. <laughs> Sorry. Like, ah, like, oh, the thing is, like, I'm just doing really wacky stuff. But like, when the bell rings, like. Thunder's matches would be like blowing mine out of the water every day. Like, like his, like the matches in the WWF would be insane to watch. Like, it'd be so good. But like, yeah, I'm doing lots of crazy, memorable stuff, and like, yeah, probably the over-the-top angles I'm doing is probably gonna draw in more like confused casuals and win a ratings war I guess um another question here from at Omo's rig will Randy Savage make another album uh thank you for that question uh at Omo's rig um I have an idea but it's for god knows how long this series is gonna go on for but He's gonna have. He's gonna need to do another album for when he's a baby face, right? Just yeah. saying. Just saying. There's a couple of songs from the. There's a couple of rap songs from the early '90s where Macho Man's a baby face, and rapping. <laughs> I've got the content to do it. Oh god. <laughs> Uh, Twitter handle at LeGrandK9 would like to ask WC he would like to ask WCW if he feels like moving stars like Macho Man and Mr. Perfect to secondary and less successful gimmicks puts pressure on them moving forward. So I was a little confused by that question. Um and I when this person sent that question into me, um, I'm just stalling this. I'm trying to find the original thing. Yeah, I was a little bit confused and I was a little bit disappointed about it. And I was like, oh, what? You hate my push or whatever. Um, hang on. Yeah, he elaborated by saying, he loves what I'm doing with them. He's just wondering if I've put a ceiling on Mr. Perfect and Macho Man by having him have such goofy ca- characters now. And I was like, and to be honest, uh, there probably is a bit of a ceiling. I doubt like this version of Macho Man could be a main eventer. So yeah, there is like some negatives to it. So I guess um, another question. Wayne Cooper would like to know if WCW was going to try to get more Europeans on his roster. Uh, to be honest, I don't think there's many left. I think Old Thunder in the WWF has taken most of them. Yeah, just about. 
Yeah, there's one in particular I wouldn't mind having, but and he is in the free agent pool, but yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to try to get him. Um, another question from B. Payton. Is Paige going to get more airtime, or was she just a pop for where she was? Uh, initially, where she was, but um, more to come in the future. Yeah, um, that whole angle. Like, the Paige thing was so good. Like, so good. Just because I, it didn't click until she came out. So, yeah, I didn't realise. Oh, yeah, Norwich. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Josh Potter. Josh Potter would like to know if you could draft one current star from AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, or WWE, who would it be and why? AEW. Was it AEW, New Japan, or... Or WWE? New Japan, I'd probably... I'd probably say Yano, because I need an undercard person. Yeah. Like, really need an undercard person. AEW... <laughs> um, I'll get back to that. WWE, I'd probably say Buddy, Shinsuke, or Kevin Owens. Yep. Um, AEW. Um, probably off the top of my head, I'd have to say Puck, just because yep. I like his style. Yeah, it is very good. Um, as for me, uh, from New Japan Pro Wrestling, I would probably grab uh, Jay White. Chuck him in the NWO as the young gun. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, I didn't even think of <laughs> complimenting my own roster. Uh, AEW, uh, I think I'd probably have to bring back Monday Night Jericho on TNT. I'd probably have to bring Chris Jericho back to Nitro, to be honest. Um, WWE. Yeah, it's just about who do I think would be a good fit in what I'm booking. And, oh, actually... Uh, actually, I'd either bring in the Usos or Roman Reigns to hang out with Too Thick and the Wild Samoans. Oh, that is a good choice. Yeah. Um, M. Harris is wondering when WWF are going to shoot back at WCW. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, good. Yeah. I, just I, I encourage it. All fruity stuff he keeps sending me. Here, have a brawl for all. Here, have a hog pen match. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Uh, Xbox Live Gamer Tag Flange Cans 14 would like to know what each of your favorite angles of 
been so far from each other's show. Uh, I've made no bones about it. I absolutely loved the way he kicked Sean out of DX and brought Mike Tyson in. Loved it. Um, second to that, second to that was probably either the Page debut or the Brie Bella debut. Either one. Like, for me, it is the NWR arriving. <laughs> as much as I hate you for taking Sean, like, that just worked so well. Especially <laughs> playing up, whose side is he on? <laughs> <laughs> Bringing in Bobby Heenan on commentary just to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this this next one is from Craig Scown. Uh He would like to know... Oh, God. Where Alex Williams thinks Adam Trelaw will end up after this year's AFL trade period. Trelaw? Yeah. Oh. Wait, wasn't he at Collingwood? I... I don't know. This person asking the question knows I know nothing about this. But, uh... uh, Tell you where he's not going. Eston. Yeah, um... Probably Box Hill, I reckon. (laughs) If he plays for Box Hill, then I can go down the Gold Coast and see him with the way the VFL's set up now. Great. Now, now this whole thing's like turned into an AFL thing, and I just have to nod. <laughs> oh, uh, don't worry. Yeah, go on. Uh, says he's keen to stay with the Magpies. Current contract ends at twenty twenty five. Blah blah blah. Trade talk. Blah blah. Magpies. Something. Blah. Sounds like he's staying at Collingwood. Well, isn't that just nice? Okay. <laughs> wow. I really should proof. I should just stop copy and pasting these questions and actually read them. Because uh, that should not have made it past the the cutting room floor, that AFL question. Uh, Riley Hatton has a question for both of us. What one wrestler would you steal from the other brand to put on your show? We already know Alex's answer. He's already done that. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. Who would be the second wrestler you'd take? To be honest, Sean wouldn't have been my first pick. Um, honestly, I know you would hate it, but man, I want X Park. <laughs> I want six. I want six. Um, I would I would love to have the LOD. I would love to have Kurt Angle or Jeff Jarrett. There's a lot of guys I would ha- love to have. But the first person that comes to mind is X-Puck because I sort of need a guy that can put on some killer matches and also eat a pinfall or two and also sort of join the NWO and still make the NWO seem a little bit cool and youthful. I didn't want a old hot dog skin leathery NWO like nineteen ninety eight Hollywood NWO. 
I wanted it to be a bit cooler this time around. But yeah, what about you, mate? First two that come to mind is Mick Foley, for obvious reasons, like we grew up watching the man. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of which, I was watching one of the interviews the other day, he said about when he got thrown off the cell, and the first thing he thinks is, how'd those shoes get there? Yeah, yeah, Terry <laughs> Funk's got damn shoes. And then uh, the second person would be Sting. Just, oh, I'm such a fan of Sting. Especially Joker Sting. Give me <laughs> Joker Sting and Toru Yano and I'll have a great undercard match. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that, but yeah, that's fine, I guess. Um, Well, you're going to be really intrigued to see the direction I'm going in with both of those guys. Um, Big Foley might seem like he's on the back burner, but trust me, massive things coming for mankind, Mick Foley, whatever you call him. Um, Peter? Peter Stevenson would like to know what modern day tag team would you like to bring to your show? Oof. You have a team straight away? No, you go first if you got one. Oh man. Um That's hard. Um probably if I'm talking North American promotions, Lucha Bros. Yeah. Uh, Japanese promotions. Um, that's hard. <laughs> Show and Yo. Show and Yo. I really like those guys from Chaos. Yeah. Um, for me, I think I mentioned it earlier. The Usos, they could do some. They could feud against their dad. They could feud against the Wild Samoans, Yokozuna. They, yeah, I could have a whole like Samoan division, basically. Um, another option would probably be the Good Brothers. Having them as a part of the NWO would be like a weird, like worlds colliding sort of thing. It should be fun. Um, oh, this is from at Trace Ruthers. Who's the woman to watch in each Fed going forward? Uh, are we saying from each other or from ourselves? I guess from ourselves. Okay. Like I already know the answer. It's going to be Paige. Yeah. At least of the uh the women who've appeared. Yeah. Um what about yourself there, Alex? Yeah, uh to be honest, um Alita's about to get like a lot of screen time. Like heaps. Um she's gonna be a pivotal character going forward and like yeah, that shouldn't be a massive surprise because she is the women's champ and all that. But, um, yeah, also, keep an eye out for Victoria. 
Keep an eye out for her and keep an eye out on Beth Phoenix. Phoenix. Beth Phoenix, yeah. Uh, this is a really good question to, f- to finish off the questions here. Uh, at Alex were. Alex Williams, what would Corny think of both of your shows from <laughs> at Steve Harrison? <laughs> um, I think Corny would love Chris's show and I think he would hate mine. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> what was I doing with China for the first three months? Oh... Oh, he hates China. But he gets China, though, too. He gets it. With China. He gets it. He hates it, but he gets it. But, like, with me, like, oh, man. I've got singing and dancing going on. He hates that. He'd hate seeing Kurt Hennig, like, singing country music and Randy Savage rapping. What about on the biker show? I'd ha- he'd hate the Sturgis thing for sure. He'd hate. Um, I-, I didn't even mention it earlier, but there's definitely undertones of um of a three way relationship between Ric Flair and Lita. I've teased it <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. I don't hit you over the head with it, but I've teased it. He would hate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, absolutely. And where I'm going, going forward as well, yeah, he's going to hate it. <laughs> he, he'd be like, God damn. Yeah, you uh, know, like, like Jim Cornette, like, I don't agree with everything he says. <laughs> no. But he also has some good points from time to time. He's a very, um, very, uh, that's the right word, um, knowledgeable historical mind when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. Oh, man, he would hate how I've been used in Barry Windham. Oh, he would hate that. I hate that I haven't really been booking Rock and Roll Express the last couple of months either. He'd hate that. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You've got his boys and you're not doing anything. Yeah. Oh, they were. If that means anything. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, that question portion is over. Um... Anything else you'd like to bring up or point out? Um, no, but yeah, as far as the ratings war goes, so out of the six shows we've done, who would you say's had the? Who would you say's in the lead? Like, if you were to say, "Oh, you won that ch- that week," because I have a rough idea of what it is in terms of me. Like, if you were to say, "Oh," I've won every week. That's six zero. Like, what do you think? Oh, I think um, 
Man, I, I just absolutely love what I write so much, as arrogant as that sounds. That I think it it might be five one four two my way. Where'd you say four two? Five one or four two? Four two, I'd agree with. Yeah, I think you definitely beat me WrestleMania. I'd say WrestleMania and Rumble. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Uh, Only because it's a Rumble. Yeah, and I wasn't entirely... Like, my first show was very predictable. Very, very predictable. Um, Yeah, I I would agree with that. Uh, As far as TV shows go... uh, I think I've almost clean sweeped every week, except a few segments here and there. <laughs> but, yeah, it it shows that I put a lot more effort either into one big thing or trying my pay per views. Yeah, yeah, I put a lot more effort into my TV shows, to be honest. Um, yeah, so let's hand out some mid year awards, my man. Sounds good. All right, um, let's just get into it. Uh, best wrestler of the mid-year for the other promotion. Oh, yeah, we're handing out awards, mid-year awards for each other's promotion. Uh, yeah, best wrestler. Flair. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, pull one... I'm going to shock you right here. Wendy Richter. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That one month in particular carries her for the entire six months, I reckon. Um, Best feud. Blair Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Um... For me, for your promotion, I liked uh, Wendy Richter versus the entire women's division resulting in Brie Bella's debut. Yeah, well, that was uh, sort of, as you found out, by accident. Yeah, and I think it... I think the fact that Wendy Richter got to have that title run before Bree's debut actually sort of made it better, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it was sort of a a fluke, if you will, but it sort of seemed to work out for the better in a way. Yeah, definitely. Our best tag team? Your... This tag team. Um, I'm going to have to say the Outsiders. Oh, man. I was hoping Too Thick would get a Guernsey. Um, Honourable mention. Thank you. Um, just because I'm still like a little Devo, the best tag team on your roster for me is the LOD. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Animal gets that one. Uh, best segment. So I'll I'll give out my award already because I've already said it a million times. Triple H kicks Sean out of DX. Yeah, 
Yeah. Thank you. I, I put a lot of work into that. Unfortunately, it had to happen like five months too early for me, but. <laughs> you got there. Tweaked yeah. It. yeah. It, it was either do it then or possibly not do it at all. Yeah. Sorry. Um, best angle. Uh, best segment, technically, yeah. But um, Sorry, best segment. Um, I'd say the post-match uh, and reveal of Sean being the third man in the NWO. Yep, Sean is involved in the best segments on both uh, promotions. <laughs> Yeah, well, I suppose it shows how highly we rank him. Yeah, our best match. Uh, I'll get mine out of the way first because mine might not have technically have been the best match to watch between the bell, between bells, but I'm giving it best match because I would never bother writing it. And I give a lot of respect to you for writing it, and that's the Royal Rumble match. Like yeah, just, that would have been a pain. Just you wait until I get handpicked gimmick match card, and it's oh, World yeah. War Three. Yeah, if I get it, I deserved it. I had it coming. Don't worry, I'll be nice. Like, there's no way I'm gonna make you do a sixty man. It's just gonna be. A bunch of jobbers from Mexico. <laughs> I, I think I think thirty's like a nice enough number. Yeah, that you can get away with it in the free rings. Yeah, I think so. Um. Yeah. What's next there? Sorry. Yeah. Best match for WCW from your point of view. I'm going to have to say, like, as much as I like the 60-minute the Eddie-Sean match, um, I really like the um, the women's ladder match. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, honestly, I guess that one was a little while ago, so I hadn't thought about it too much. Yeah, that's good. Um, best utilised wrestler. Oh, uh, did you say best match? Yeah, I picked the Royal Rumble match because that oh, would have been right. yeah. pain. In, that would have been a pain in the butt. Uh, best best utilized wrestler for me for your promotion is Wendy Richter because I didn't think she would be as creatively written for as she has been. Like the way you've written for her, just. Yeah, sort of came out of nowhere for me. I was like, oh, wouldn't have expected that sort of push for Wendy Richter. It's not really much like anything she's had in real life before. It was very creative. I liked it. Yeah, and sort of getting a bit big for her own boots there at the end of it. Yeah, I really liked the progression of her story arc as champion. Um. Best utilization. I'm gonna say just 
somebody you've got and as soon as you read out the name you had no idea what to do with so i'm gonna have to say um rikishi yeah i really didn't want him at first then yeah then i got the brainwave like yeah i need to get yoko i need to get yoko finally got the chance to get yoko it was on. Um, best woman. Uh, I've given her almost every award already, so it's Wendy Richter. Yeah. Um, yeah, just just the main woman I keep thinking of when I think of your cards uh, later. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Um, by the way, I stole all these award categories from the Wrestling Observer. <laughs> so, um, and here he is saying he doesn't read it. <laughs> I, I check out their awards, like who gets awards every year. Um, oh, that's right. We like, buried their Hall of Fame a few episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I sort of combined it with the post-wrestling best and worst of show as well like their categories as well um best on the mic uh for that one segment alone it's triple h for me yeah it's got to be sean's rebuttal for me yeah yeah well, you, you, you've still got your Triple H versus Sean feud anyway. <laughs> it's just happening from promotion to promotion. We could bring up ECW and just have it there. Yeah, we might have to. Uh, this was a weird category, but I just left it on there. Biggest box office draw. Which person from the other person's promotion do you think is the one selling all the tickets bringing in the viewership uh making people change channel all that sort of stuff yeah rick flair without doubt for me this is a odd choice but like i think with his debut angle and his involvement so far it's mike tyson like, if that happened in real life, like, the Monday Night Wars wouldn't have been a war. Sort of happened in real life. Yeah, and it changed everything ratings-wise. Um, most improved. For me, uh, it was Bret Hart, because I was a little bit worried about his booking at first, and then... Yeah, he started getting the shove ski at the end. Most improved. Um, sorry, give me one second here. I didn't fill in my note for that one. My apologies, kind sir. No, that's all right. Ah. Oh. He was sort of in a featured spot. Um, it's it's sort of hard because 
unlike me, you've kept most of your top guys top. You haven't sort of filtered in and out as much as I have. Yeah. Um. Hey, Eddie went from doing nothing on the first pay-per-view to main eventing the sixth. Eddie. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was tossing up. I was going to say Eddie or Mankind, but yeah. Eddie is a good choice. Yeah, because all he was left to do was uh, get powerbombed through a table and get called a vanilla midget on the first pay-per-view. <laughs> um, most, oh, yeah. The, all right, this is where feelings have to be thrown out the window. Ah. We have to forget about feelings and we have to just be honest here. Most overrated. I'm going to have to say, just because of the... I've already made my criticisms known. And I don't think she's overrated anymore, but it was China. That's fair. Most overrated. Macho. Oh, man. I love the gimmick. I'm just going to keep doing it because I love it. Because it annoys me? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> uh, most underrated. Uh, Jake Roberts. I would like to see a bit more of him. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, underrated. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of who you've debuted as well. Uh, There's one female that I think I've dropped the ball on immediately. Death. No. <laughs> Beth's been featured, hasn't she? First few months, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was flat I out mean, saying... I, I'm going to say the Freebirds. You had all four and then you got rid of two. Yeah, it was... Oh, I forgot to explain this. I had too many heel factions. I had to get rid of one. It was way too hard. At one point, I I had the Horsemen, the NWO, the Heenan family uh, about to establish the Savage Posse, uh, the Freebirds. I'd like five heel stables all going at once. I had to get rid of a couple. It just, and unfortunately, like Buddy Roberts and Jimmy Garvin just like can't make the card on such a bloated roster. Yeah, it wasn't what I had planned to begin with, but yeah, I, yeah, just things changed, unfortunately. That's fair enough. Um, next category, my man. Best non-wrestler, obviously Mike Tyson. I mean, 
Oh man, why are you making me do this? Uh, I'll pick for you, Bobby. I was, was going to say Bobby, but he had a match. He didn't have a match. He just got beat up after the match. No, didn't he have a um a um two on one match with Austin? No, that was JJ Dillon. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely Bobby then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, best pay per view for yours, I would definitely say WrestleMania. Bash at the beach. Uh, Who's well, side are you on? Yeah, I love that tagline so much. Oh, just waited. Oh, I've got a tagline coming up soon that is just out of this world, just incredible. Just next-level punnage. Um, worst pay-per-view. If I have to pick a worst, it's not because it's actually the worst. Like, it's not because it's actually bad. It's just the worst out of the six, and that's a Valentine's Day massacre. I didn't think it was that bad, to be honest. I don't know. This is hard. <laughs> um, I'll help you. I think, yeah, uncensored, a night of violence. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was a little all over the shop. Um, worst match. Now, I love the way it was booked. I love the storyline. But if I'm picturing what the match looks like in my head... Man, it would suck. Dory Funk versus Stevie Ray would suck so hard. <laughs> it would. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say that six-man hardcore gauntlet invitational from Uncensored. Yeah, it, yeah, it kind of sucks because I had Eddie squash five people in a couple of minutes. I liked the idea. It just, I don't know, it just sort of didn't click for a, for a hardcore match for me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, full disclosure, we are going to take a bit of a, we're going to hang a bit of a U-turn on the 24-7 rule as well. Okay. It's, yeah, we're going to have to get rid of it. It's just, it's annoying to book. Um, all right. Um, worst feud, honestly, I can't give you an answer. I guess I'll just say Dory Funk versus Stevie Ray because the match would be crap, but that's not really the feud. I liked the feud. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. All right, we'll be nice I'm on gonna, that I'm one. I was going to say, there's nothing like 
that dragged on for too long. Like a feud to me would be a couple of months. Yeah. So there's nothing there that I'd consider too bad. Yeah. Uh, Best gimmick, uh, Wendy Richter for me. (laughs) She's getting all the awards, man. Best gimmick, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, she cleans out the division and then starts calling herself undisputed women's champ. Yeah, and then she just gets way too big for her own boots sort of thing. I I just love that progression. Like, especially because, like, she wasn't even meant to be in the triple threat match for the title to begin with. Like, the whole progression of her character. Like, she shouldn't have even been in that title match. Oh, man. Um... I enjoyed that. You haven't really done anything there yet. I'm just looking over your roster again. Like, I mean, that really was like a weak thing. Yeah, I can't think of anything that... Oh, West Gimmick, JJ, Dylan Wrestling. Oh. By the way, we were picking Best Gimmick, but that's fine. Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Um, worst Best. Gimmick. Uh, I'll just throw back my rebuttal. Worst Gimmick, using Kurt Angle in Immortal. This is a goddamn wrestling machine. He should be killing it by himself. But I don't hate him with Jeff Jarrett. But yeah, god damn it, Kurt Angle feud with Jeff already. Best, uh, best gimmick. Sorry, was uh, yeah, mankind going mad and yep. then, uh, becoming like classic mankind. Yep. Stay tuned. Stay tuned with that one. Um, best face, I'll say Bret Hart. Uh, sort of, I guess he's sort of been lower to yeah. mid so far. Well, he's a face, yeah, yeah, best um, baby face, I think. Bret Hart for you, Eddie Guerrero, yeah, I think, I think I did really well with him to be honest. Uh, best heel man, Mark Tyson he's doing the Gato gimmick yeah, at least it's not the dick to go gimmick yeah best heel flair, classic flair yeah Uh, worst tag team Uh, I'll just give it to the Bushwhackers (laughs) just Nothing against them. Nothing against your booking of them. Like, what are you going to do? Give them the titles? <laughs> Actually. If you give me goddamn... If you give me goddamn Butch Miller pinning Kurt Angle, I don't know how I'm going to react. <laughs> Bushwhackers. Tuggle shot. <laughs> Summer slam. 
Anyway, what were we talking about? Deborah, Deborah joins the Bushwhackers. Uh, worst tag teams. Um, you, you're going to have to give it just, to the Freebirds, right? I mean, if you're going to class them all as one tag team, otherwise I'd just say Roberts and Garvin. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that would be fair. That would uh, be entirely fair. I just didn't know what to do with them. In, I didn't know what to do with two of them in particular. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, next category? Worst wrestler. I'm just going to say just because I'm just picturing matches in my head. China. Just because of the amount of matches she had in the first couple of months. It's chilled out since. Uh, um, I don't know. Worst wrestler. JJ Dillon. <laughs> oh, but he's he's a manager. <laughs> he had a match on pay per view. A match. Um, I mean. Kevin Nash. No, he, he didn't tear his quad. Him. Yeah, he didn't tear his quad. So he's fine. Uh, Ultimate Warrior is probably really bad because I gave him a Tombstone pile driver as a finish. Pro- he's probably murdering people. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm just going to have to say JJ Dillon because there's no one you've really booked that poorly into a corner that I'd consider bad. Bravo. Um, yeah. Um, worst utilised. Uh, I'll just say um, <sighs> this one's a tough one. Uh, I'd like to say Triple H used a little bit more, but he has had a lot more matches. I'd just like to see him get a massive push, but I don't think that'll happen. Um, I'd like to see Kurt Angle do some single stuff, even if he's still tag champ, just have some singles matches. That'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, most underutilized, was it? Uh, worst utilized. Worst utilized. So yeah, that I guess that is most underutilized. I mean. The Dudleys, I guess. Yeah. I deserve did that. They, That's been did they coming. challenge at any point on a pay-per-view? They were part of the first title match, and they're part of like a bit of a feud at the moment for the number one contendership. But, yeah, there was a few months there where they didn't get much pay-per-view time. Yeah, we're getting there. We'll get there, but, yeah. Uh, the Dudleys and the Rock and Roll Express have been a victim of the NWO coming in, to be honest. Yeah. 
Yeah, they got their TV time cut because of that goddamn Shawn Michaels. Um, best angle, DX bringing in Mike Tyson. Yeah, we've sort of touched on that. Uh, worst angle, I can't give you an answer, to be honest. Yeah. My, my angles are a little bit... I can see my angles being a little bit more polarizing than yours, to be honest. So The, the only bad one I said was the, the Macho one, and that's just because of how much I dislike his rap album. Yeah. You're meant but, to. It's a heel. But that's nothing against your uh, work there. No. What's next? Uh, best use of twist. So, I think the way you handled Shawn Michaels' jumping ship was perfect. Yeah, it was either then or never. Yeah, yeah, I think it was perfect. Yeah. Um, That's probably going to be your choice. Give me one sec. I'm looking over the twists. That one was fine. Most of yours have been um, free agent pickups or a release for a pickup. But yeah. I'm going to say your best use was the injury time of Kurt Hanning and his return. Thank you for giving that storyline some love. I love that storyline so much. That's one of my favourite things was the babyface turn of Kurt Hennig. Into your hardcore tuxedo match. <laughs> yeah. Just chuck the word hardcore in front of it to make it fit the division. <laughs> two, two, great, uh, two great twists onto one another there. Yeah. Um, worst use of twist and this is just for purely selfish reasons there's a particular free agent you got that you haven't used yet that I want you to use him <laughs> just use him alright um, no <laughs> I see who it is now you, you know who I'm talking about does he like wearing blue? God damn right he does. Yeah, I know who it is. Yeah. Um, worst use of a twist. Uh, I mean... I don't really know if I, if I even apply for this one, to be honest. <laughs> I suppose the worst one would be releasing the free birds and then after we finish recording going, oh Chris, can I use those guys next week? <laughs> yeah, I, I did screw that up. I should have ridden them off before I released them. I screwed up hard on that one. <laughs> but you've been very, very lucky with the twist, so you haven't got a heap of um, terrible ones to try to implement. Nah, like the worst thing that's happened is I've got Gal Kim out for a three-month injury. Yeah, so well, still got another two months on that. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank God she didn't end up being my champ. <laughs> um, would you vacate uh, three months or would you just leave it? I would. I think I would vacate it. Depends. Like that's still close enough that you can get back. It all just depends. Yeah, it does. Depends right. what the plans are. All right, this is the third last award, the Made Chicken Salad Out of Chicken Stuff Award. Uh, I I came up with this award myself. Um, I may have stolen one of your phrases. Um, Hog pen match. Pardon? Hog pen match. <laughs> that is Thank you, the defi- that is the definition of chicken salad out of chicken stuff. That was fantastic. Yeah, thank you. It just sort of sort of landed together rather nicely there for me. Um what about yourself? Chicken salad out of chicken stuff. I already know what it's going to be. It's going to be when you went, Rikishi, oh, what am I going to do with him? Into too thick. Yeah. I love that tag team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sort of came out of nowhere for me. Like that brainwave idea. Um yeah, uh, the drop the ball on award, and this is a controversial take, but I think the WWE Championship should be treated like Poochie in Itchy and Scratchy when the WWE Championship is not on screen. Everyone should be asking about where is the WWE Championship? What is the WWE Championship doing? Um, yeah, I would like to see, like, I'm not saying he has to defend the title all the time. I'm just saying, like, a few more promos or, like, a weekly promo or something like that from Booker. Um, jeez. Uh, um, I, I already know what I would give myself the award for, but we've already discussed it. I mean... Yeah, three birds. You got all four and then you gave away two. But I don't know, it's sorta of, sorta of hard to pick with you because you've kept your main event really strong and you're cycling in and out guys like Hanning sorta of went up, then was injured, then came back in this new group. Same for Macho. So yeah, it's a bit it's a bit hard. Yeah. So give you anything but if I was to say I'd say the uh the uh free birds yeah being split. I, I would ex- I would accept it for the free birds, the Dudleys or the Rock and Roll Express. Um I may have created too many tag teams. <laughs> the worst thing is I'm about to create another um <laughs> Overall MVP, uh, yeah, no secret, Wendy Richter. 
remains like obviously Hulk, uh, Rick, Austin. But I'm going to say like, yes, all those guys get an honourable mention, but Eddie. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Because I want him, you bastard. <laughs> I'm using him right, man. Uh, at least yeah. Um, all right, so that concludes the awards. Surprise, we're we're doing three twists each. <gasps> all right, I'm on the video scope. If you want to look at my mug, my very tired mug. This has gone on way longer than I expected. All right. I guess... Who goes first? Hang on. Mm-hmm. You do. All right. You think you got a bad one? Oh. So this is the first time this has ever come up. Champions are exempt from this, so I hope I pull out a champion. Because that uses up the turn, because we've agreed to that before, haven't we? Yeah. Um. So not only... Is this a retirement card? This doesn't mean they retire from WCW. They are not in the free agent pool. They are completely taken out of the game. Oh, this could be real bad. I already regret doing twists for this episode. I didn't need to. Oh my god, you're kidding. Bradshaw. Oh. I just debuted him. Um, leave the memories alone, Bradshaw. Wow. Do you have a week to do something? Yeah, I'll do something in a week. I can come up with something pretty quickly. Oh, man. That's heartbreaking. He had a good one-night run. (laughs) All right. Chris, please get something bad. You got a gimmick match. Last man standing. How long do I have to use it? Uh, let's say two months. One. Let's say two, because this is kind of in the middle. All right. What am I getting? 
God. Mm. I'm going to have to pull up my twist notes to remember what this one is. Can you show me it? Oh, that doesn't work, does it? It is Barbershop Window. Oh. So that is... I have a month to break up a tag team. Oh. But but I think I, I can just put one of my twists into this twist. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm not having a good run though. <laughs> After all that stuff you were saying about I've been doing alright. You jinxed me, man. I'm sorry. Alright. And Chris Thunder gets what did you get? Last man standing. Yeah. And now a random free agent. This is exciting. Come on, Bruce Brady. Oh, man. Oh, awesome. I genuinely wanted him. (laughs) Oh, I genuinely wanted him. I'll give you a, I'll give you Bradshaw. Maybe. If you Bradshaw and you can only use him for one night to retire him. <laughs> Alright, last twisty. No, that's the wrong container. The twist is not Cowboy Bob Orton. <laughs> The question is, why Cowboy Bob Orton? (laughs) Hell in a Cell match with Cowboy Bob Orton. What a twist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I've got a gimmick match. The Concrete Crip match. The hell is that? Remember that handicap match The Undertaker had with the Dudleys in 05 that resulted in... Undertaker uh, murdering Paul Bearer by covering him in cement. Uh, sort of. Oh, God. What am I going to do with that? All right. I know, but I'm not sure if you want to get rid of someone. I'm, I'm going to use all three of my twists in the one angle, in the one segment. <laughs> I was thinking, because I can cut this out, I was thinking more or less, who's someone who's a bit spooky and mysterious? Similar to a taker who could get rid of a manager. Yeah, that'd be... That'd be good too. Depends if you want to get rid of him. I really don't. Why are you having a good run? Random free agent. I don't know. 
That's bullshit. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I'm being a poor sport because I had to retire Bradshaw after spending months trying to build him up. Oh, man. Good luck. Oh, that's... You know what? I'd rather retire Bradshaw than have him on my roster. Let's see. I can put all three of my toys to use. <laughs> Big boss man. Thank Gonya. Last man standing match. Oh. Well, that was eventful. Very much so. I have to break up a tag team, retire Bradshaw, and what is it? Put on a concrete crypt match. Yeah. You have two new free agents and have to do a last man standing match. Yeah. That would be nice. I'm so yeah. devastated about Bradshaw. Now I can just say it. Bradshaw and Farouk were eventually going to feud with Savage because they got sick of taking the bumps for him. But then Savage would pay off Bradshaw to turn on Farouk. Bradshaw becomes John Bradshaw Layfield from all the money he earned from Savage. Because he gets all the money from Savage, he invested in the stock market, becomes JBL, and we get a JBL versus Farouk feud. I'm willing to trade you big boss, man. For who? That is the question. Who would you like to offer? You want Farouk? No, I was thinking more or less you'd want him to pair with Farouk. I was thinking that too. Um... I can let it sit with you and you can get back to me. You want AJ Lee? I do. Is that your offer for boss man? I regret it already, but yep, yep, that's the offer. I I need him. Boss man for AJ? Yep, boss man for AJ. That's the first official trade. Finally. You, you finally got AJ, and you caught me at the right time. <laughs> oh, bugger. Well, that was quite a in-depth episode of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show. Um, my God, would you look at the time we are recording this. 
Um, yeah, so I think that'll do for today. Anything else you'd like to bring up? No, that's about it, man. Um, really fun as always. Yeah. Um, yeah, so follow me at Fruity is Alex Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Follow him at I am Chris Hunter. And we are at Wrestle Oz Style with an AUS. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening, humans. Bradshaw. No. Don't leave.